Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the Bird Brothers Podcast. I am one of your feathered friends, Falcon, and as always, I'm joined here today by my great friend, Condor. Condor, how are you doing today? Uh, yes, I am doing actually fantastic. And boy, Falcon, let me just say I am excited to be here talking about our topic for the day. That's right, your own Talon buddy, uh, Condor, is here to talk about one of the probably the best animes I have ever watched in the longest of times. A hidden gem that I we like to call March Comes In Like a Lion. Yes, March Comes In Like a Lion. And for a change up, we're going to talk about both seasons today instead of just our usual one. So we'll see how that goes. It may be a long one. So buckle up, grab a Coke, coffee, whatever you prefer, and uh, snuggle in. It's going to be a fun I one. got water. You got water. I got coffee I... and water. That's well, aren't you a gamer? Out. So, you know, that's how it is. Uh, but anyway. For so let's, of... let me start real quick. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. You're but, good. Um, I just, the reason how I'm the one who recommended this anime uh, for this week and uh, the, how I got found this anime is uh, I actually was just looking for an anime. Uh, this is when I worked at Burger King. I was looking for an anime to just like watch on the bus because my bus ride was like good enough for like one episode of anime. So I could always just like bang one out every time. And I'm like, hey, let me watch this one. And it was Mark comes in like a lion. And I just started watching it. And I like really just fell in love with it. I think I watched it about two years ago. Yeah, because I worked at Burger King two years ago. So I watched it two years ago. And I really just loved the characters and loved everything about it. And I was upset that this anime wasn't as popular as it should have been. It, it has such good, it has a good story. It has amazing characters, amazing visuals, amazing music that really helps you feel emotional. The openings and ending themes are, are the ending themes are okay. The openings are amazing. We'll talk more about those later. But basically, all in all, this is a really good package. Wouldn't yeah. you say, Mr. Falcon? Yeah, so I was on PTO this week, and I'd taken it off because I wanted to have a week with my PS5, and I ended up spending my first three days just watching the entirety of the show and not caring that I had a PS5 sitting on my entertainment system. Like, it's, yeah, this way. It's right there. You can see it. But I was just, you know, uh, I ended up watching. It was great. One of the best ones I've seen in a while as well. Um, I feel like it's getting more popular over the years. I feel like I constantly see more people bring it up whenever I hear anime discussions. Um, but yeah, it's it's still not as well known as a lot of others that are similar to it, I would say. If this anime would be classified under anything, I would classify it as a hidden gem because it is very good, but not many people know about it until they actually take the time out of their schedule to like mm-hmm. get acquainted with it, you know? Right. And unfortunately, uh, the manga also is not uh, localized over here in the West, mm-hmm. so you have to read it online or just watch the anime, which right. is and- really sad, yeah. You can find the anime pretty much anywhere. And it's on Netflix, the dub is at least. That's where I watched it. I know it's probably isn't on a few other places like Crunchyroll or Hulu or High Dive, some of those. Uh, I know, I think Crunchyroll for sure. I'm not sure about the other two. I watched it on Crunchyroll. Okay, yeah. So you can always watch it there. Um, fairly accessible to you most said it was anybody. On Netflix? Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. Oh, oh I didn't know that. I mm-hmm. thought that's cool. Yeah. You watched both seasons on Netflix? Yep, both are dubbed. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh my Both god, I actually did on not Netflix know this. Today. On Crunchyroll, I only season one is dubbed. I did not Ooh. know that. Yep, both seasons Sick. all dubbed. I just learned something new. Now I have to go rewatch the anime dubbed. So You're I, welcome. I I watched it subbed. I think Falcon here watched it dubbed. So we both mm-hmm. have differing opinions. I I did watch the first episode dubbed, and I mean I kind of liked it, but I'm like I really like the sub a lot more. So I'm gonna go and rewatch it that way. But if I ever go to rewatch it for a third time, I can just watch it dubbed on mm-hmm. Netflix. 
The dub was good. I'll say that. It wasn't a bad dub at all. Uh, trying to think if there's anybody who like was annoying in the dub, but I'm not really thinking of anybody. All Any the voices were pretty, pretty solid. Um, you know, I actually don't. I think the person who did Ray, I'd heard before. Um, let me look it up really. I quick. actually looked it up. Uh, he's not very popular in uh, some. Uh... Oh, for his dub, I'm talking about a sub. I don't know about his. Oh yeah, I tried looking it up before because I couldn't remember who everybody was. But even like the behind the voice actors page only lists Hinata and K, and uh, Ray is maced by Koi Dao. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, yeah, and he's not. Yeah, I think he did some voices and some things. But yeah, he's, he's, he's been in uh, a lot of video games. He's been at Cells at Work. He was Cancer Cell, Zanky Zero, uh, Gundam Build Divers, Sword Art Online, Alicization. I want to eat your pancreas. Oh, Testament of the new sister game? devil first. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa um, totally bought it. <laughs> are the beginning. March comes to the lion. He was in one of the fate series. Fire Emblem Heroes did a couple characters. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, like Fantasy Star Online, he did the voice for a couple NPCs, that sort of thing. Not very big. And the girl who played Hina uh, is in Genshin Impact, Misfit of the oh. Demon King Academy. Oh. Shantai, The Seven Sirens, Ghost in the Shell, Sack, SAC, uh, Isekai Quartet 2, she did Amelia. What? Uh, yeah. She's the dub voice for Amelia? For at least Isekai Quartet. I don't know about actual I don't, Zero. I don't know if they would change that. I don't know. Actually, I never uh, watched the Isekai Quartet. Frozen, Pokemon Masters. I didn't Gundam. know Isekai Quartet. She was also in Cells at Work and Gundam Build Divers. Uh, Death and Request, she did the main character. Uh God Eater 3, Konosuba, God's Blessing. Uh, all right, all right. We're already getting off topic a lot. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about, mm-hmm. Mr. Falcon. We How do, dare you do. talk about voice actors? Hey. Hey, but hey, no, no, but the voices are really well done, even in mm-hmm. the sub. I, I, I haven't watched the dub, but the sub, you could really feel the emotion of the people in it. You could really feel like everything they put, they put their all into it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, now this series was uh, was written by a person called Chika Umino. Um, this person has also written another series called Honey and Clover, which is older than March Comes in Like a Lion. Yeah, that's a classic one that I usually hear people talk about. And the studio, what was the studio that did the animation for this? Let's see, I should have had that ready. Uh, Shaft is the one that did this one. So they did uh, Mikaku City Actors, uh, Oh, what else have they done? They've done other stuff of note, but I can't think of what they were right now. Uh, I just want to say the visualization for this anime was amazing. I feel like they did a good job. Um, yes. The only thing about the animation that bugged me, and I got used to it, it's a very minor complaint. The way they did the mouths, if their mouth is closed, it's like bigger at the end. So it always looks like they're slightly open and it bugged me for a bit. Just a personal thing. But the rest of it's nice. A lot of the backgrounds look like they're like a watercolor painting he's walking through, which is always really nice. Oh, um, let's see. Nisekoi? Oh, wow. They did Nisekoi, Madoka Magica, Hidamari Sketch, Baka Monogatari. They did, I think they've done all the Monogatari's, actually. Um, yeah, they, they're a very well-known one. They also did Nagima. Um, any others of note? Here, scrolling through oh, the list really Arakawa quick. Arakawa Under the Bridge. I actually mm-hmm. like that series as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fairly well known. You've probably heard of them. 
before. And if you are a frequent anime watcher, you mm-hmm. most likely have heard of them by now. But yeah, they yeah. did an amazing job. They used like watercolors to like really represent stuff. And uh, the it's just like the feelings and the emotions are displayed really well with the visuals and everything. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Amazing work. And have we actually even read the synopsis yet? We have not. All Allow right. me to read the synopsis for this amazing tale. All righty. So the synopsis, this, our story. The series is set in Tokyo following the everyday life of a 17-year-old shogi player, Rei Kiriyama. Uh, the setting is... I'm oh, sorry. The setting has been based on research that the author has conducted herself. Okay, that's not really synopsis of the show. How dare no. you lie to me, Wikipedia. Ray lives by himself. His parents and younger sister died in an accident. He is estranged from his foster family and has scarcely any friends. Among his acquaintances is a family consisting of three sisters who also keep several cats. As the story progresses, Ray deals with his maturing as a player and as a person while developing their relationships with others. That's a, it's an okay synopsis. Basically, in my own opinion, it would go like there's this guy and uh, he's, he's a 17-year-old who is like a shogi pro player, which is basically like chess, but a little bit more difficult than mm-hmm. chess. Um, and uh, he is living on his own. He, his uh, family died in an accident when he was young and his, uh, his other family didn't really care about him. So his uh, father's best friend took him in to be adopted. But uh, we'll get more into that later. But yeah. uh, basically, he became like a pro shogi player. He moved out and is living on his own, and he's like really depressed. Like, uh, he's he doesn't understand. He had a really horrible childhood and doesn't really have that much human interaction skill. Doesn't really have that much, uh, the know how to like handle a lot of situations really well. So, with the thanks of the people around him and the people that care about him, he becomes a better person. And as he grows as a person, as a player in shogi, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's very much a mix of like a slice of life and a sports shonen. Definitely uh, drama too. <laughs> it's definitely it drama. has a lot of drama, but yeah, I mean, the story kind of has two modes, especially in the first season. Not as much in the second. Like the first half of the first season is slice of life. Here's this pro shogi player interacting with this family of sisters, and then the second half is here's this pro shogi player playing shogi, and the sisters show up every once in a while. Uh, second season, I feel like got blended a little bit better, um, but that's kind of the main three kind of genres it encompasses in the show all very well done very well intermingled um they all relate to each other super well and by the way there is also a live action of march comes in like a lion as well i should try to find that that would be fun to watch it came out in 2017 oh that's okay all right but yeah, uh, originally we were just going to do season one, but our my friend here, Falcon, decided mm-hmm. to watch the whole first 22 yeah. episodes in three days. Mm-hmm. So he's, and I'm like, do you want to just do season two? And he's like, okay, sure. And then he just proceeds to finish season two in two days. Yeah, I think I, I literally watched like the last two on the second day. I watched pretty much the whole, of, all of season two in one day. And I was like, I got to go to bed or I'm not going to remember anything. So I just went to bed and finished <laughs> it in the morning. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, but that's basically the synopsis. So we should get into characters. All and of right. Of course, uh, I assume we're going to start off with our man Ray, the oh. main character of the show. Yes, Man Ray from SpongeBob, of course. Man Ray, yes, <laughs> yes. Every anime is not complete without Man Ray. Yes. So this anime has a lot of characters. There, I, I'll, I'll just say this right now. What this show really does well is it really makes a character really well. Mm-hmm. Like you will love 
you will definitely love at least one character in the show, no matter what, if you were to watch it. You'll, you'll find yourself probably relating to a character or feeling for a character. Hell, there's this character who just shows off like once or twice. He gets a little like side story and you actually feel for him because he is because of his pigeon. Uh-huh. He basically is like a pigeon. Came back. Yeah, Silver came back. <laughs> he basically like uh, he basically he takes care of pigeons, but one day one of his his prized pigeon doesn't come home, and he's like feeling emotional, like like you could understand like his point of view and everything. And then eventually his pigeon comes home, and I I remember I read the comments for the episode, and people were like, "How dare this anime make me feel about a pigeon? How dare it?" <laughs> yeah, so that that character he was a pro shogi player, and he held one of the titles that you can have. Mm-hmm. But he was a shogi player, but he also raced pigeons. So he had all these pigeons he was training up for these races. And his favorite one went on a race and never came back. Uh, and so he didn't know what happened to it. Then after the match for the title concludes, his pigeon shows up randomly out of the blue one day. It was really nice. Um, yeah, but otherwise, uh, we should probably get into Ray before we get sidetracked with the hordes of side characters that really aren't that important <laughs> and make this a five-hour podcast. We don't. I, well, I wouldn't be fine talking with it for five hours. I doubt many people would listen that long. No, uh, I would. But you know, I really love this. <laughs> Regardless, Ray Kiriyama, our main character, black-haired, spec- spectacle boy who loves, or I wouldn't say love, more like plays shogi professionally, mm-hmm. is really good at it. Studies so the time and is our depressed little main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, he is depressed. Uh, we said earlier he had kind of a bad family life. He was bullied a lot as a kid, so he didn't like interacting with other kids, so he just kind of played shogi with his dad to pass the time, um, which got him really good at shogi really quickly because his dad was also a professional shogi player for a little bit. Um, family died. Aunt and uncle didn't want to take him in. Grandfather was too old to take care of him. I think was, they cared about their hospital more. I think they mentioned that. In that yeah, episode. they they mentioned oh. that uh, Ray's dad took over the hospital for the grandfather because the grandfather didn't want the sister to do it. Um, so after the dad died, the grandfather's worried about what's going to happen to the hospital now that he's dead because the, he had just taken it over. Uh, the aunt's excited that they get to run the hospital now. And she literally tells Ray, who's probably, what, eight or nine at the time, don't worry, we'll find a good orphanage to put you in um just like straight to his face no like m- care anything it's like oh don't worry we'll find somewhere for you to go until someone else actually wants you kind of deal uh which i hate it i hate that aunt so much and that's the only time she's there so we have like no redeeming qualities for her uh but one of the dad shogi friends asks if he still wants to play shogi when he said yes he takes him in he's still a professional shogi player uh shogi is really big at their house ray goes and just creams them all and kind of he blames himself for ruining their family dynamic, which is calls himself a cuckoo, like yeah. a bird. Yeah. Um, which isn't really his fault, but he never fit in there. The parents seem to like him very a lot and care for him, but the brother or his like adoptive brother and sister really didn't care for him. So he kind of felt out of place. So he moved out as soon as he could and moved on his own. So he wouldn't ruin their family anymore. Um, that's a pretty complicated situation which i'd love to yeah. go into later but yeah, yeah basically no, i'm not that's... gonna go into much to it now just kind of setting up why he's so depressed all the time mm-hmm. uh he ended up deciding to re-enroll in school and he doesn't really know why he dropped out after middle school just to focus on shogi he's one of five people who went pro in shogi during middle school mm-hmm. uh one of which is the current rating majin which is like the highest title you can get in shogi if i'm remembering that correctly i i am going to assume so because he every time uh, he's in a shogi match in that show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they call him Majin Shoya, which uh, mm-hmm. and whenever it's like another character, they call him like, oh, here's Shimada Eighth Don or yeah. something. So I, even like I, I the other title like, holders, it was never a big deal. Which is like, oh yeah, they hold that title, but it's like, but that is the Majin, you know? That's so I the feel big like one. I feel like he's like the top as you can get, like number one seated player kind of deal. Um, but uh, so everyone has high hopes for Ray. Um, but he's very good at what he does. Um, but he ends up enrolling in school. So not only is he having to, he has to kind of juggle because he has to miss school days for Shogi. And he can't, like, he can't be like, I have a test that day. If he doesn't show up, he loses no matter what. Um, and he's trying to advance up the rank. So he's constantly like missing school to do Shogi and having to juggle all that around. Uh, but otherwise, very quiet. Uh he doesn't not care about people, but he's very self-centered. He focuses more on himself because he's never had to interact with people too much. Uh, the only people I guess he really thinks constantly about are the Kawamotos, which are the sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the series progresses, that line of thinking starts to change. Yeah, that, that's kind of the whole premise of it, um, mm-hmm. is how he interacts with people. Uh, very independent. He doesn't want anyone to really look after him or care for him. He thinks he can do it all on his own. Typical, you know, kind of teenage thought process. Um, I guess that kind of sums him up fairly well. What do you want to add about him? Well, you know, he's a 17-year-old who is living in the adult world. And some mm-hmm. characters mention this, but, like, he's a kid who has to deal with adult problems. But at the end of the day, he's still a kid with his own kid problems. So yeah. he really has a diamond. He really has, like, double the trouble when it comes to his, like, own emotional problems, which doesn't help with his state of mind at most times. Like, you could tell, like, at the beginning of the show – I think it was like episode three or four. He's like, oh, I really need to buy curtains because uh, I need to be able to sleep better. And you could tell it's like if it was me and I was moving into my own house, I'd probably buy curtains right away. You know, I could really you could really tell by his state of mind and his lack of understanding or caring about things, you know. Well, even when you see his apartment, even now, like he bought the curtains, but otherwise he's got a bed. He's got a shogi board and he's got he he didn't even buy the bed. The bed was a gift. Yeah, the bed was a gift. (laughs) Well, he had he had the smaller bed, then he got another bigger bed. I don't know if the smaller bed was a gift or not. No, he um, probably had that one, but the big yeah. bed he got was a gift. Yeah, it was a gift from one of his or his best friend, who I feel like genuinely is his best friend. He just doesn't recognize it. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about him more later. Oh hell uh, yeah, we will. Oh he. Uh, um, now, but, now uh, real quick, the problem with this anime, it's not like a negative problem. It's more mm-hmm. like a positive problem. Is all these characters are so unique that you really it's really hard to distinguish a favorite character because mm-hmm. i remember falcon you mentioned uh while we were talking about it you said i can't i can't decide who's my favorite character it keeps changing yeah it, it kept changing for a while i think now i probably have one that i think about more often when i think of the show so that's probably my favorite oh I, yeah I there's, favorite. Mm-hmm. there's really not a bad character in here except for like the one-offs like the ant because like we just see okay she's a terrible person but then we never hear anything else about her Talk um, about Ray's aunt, right? Yeah, Ray's aunt. Okay, yeah. cool. Not, not the Kawaboto's aunt. She's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I mean, like, unless they really are the character that has, like, one line of dialogue and never hear from again, every character is very well written. Um, so it's really hard to pick a favorite. And even when you think there might be a character you might not like, the author will just be like, bam, let's write about the character and make them more human so you can understand and feel for them. You thought they were evil? Nope, everyone has feelings. Everyone yeah, has, a, mean, has a, yeah. Even the characters I don't like, I understand why they're doing what they're doing. So it's like it doesn't justify it, but I get it. It's like so you're not so like I can't blindly hate you. Them. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, uh, anything else about Ray, or do we want to move on to the next one? I love love Ray as a character. I always love the the reason again the reason why I like ReZero so much is because I love the main character. So I feel like the same aspect in this anime takes place as well. The main character is a guy who starts out like kind of like depressed and as like he goes through the story and he goes through life he becomes more willing to do things and becomes just a better genuine person which there's a scene it's not in the anime but it's in the manga which i i might talk about later for like after the the podcast or like during the end of it which i'd love to mention but he does a lot of amazing things i had to spoil myself because i love it but (laughs) ah it was so good i wish i wish for season three so we could get it and we can watch it I hope uh, they will. Apparently, there's constantly rumors about getting a season three and they never yeah, pan it's out. Been but like apparently, that for two years. Apparently, another one started very, very recently. Like, oh, we're um, so we'll see. Hopefully, we do. I'd oh. love to. I'd love a third season. 2021 20, uh, March comes in like a live season three. Please, thank you. Come on, uh, uh, yeah. Um, that's so like, Kiriyama in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say we should move on to one of the sisters. Which sister? Let's start should with Akari. On? Okay, that's what I was going to say. I felt like a card would be the next one. We should one. go in the order of the age. Okay. So the reason why we say sisters real quick is because we have these three sisters. We have Akari, Hinata, and Momo. Uh, Akari is 23. Hina is in, like, middle school going into high school. And Momo is, like, in preschool. Uh, basically, for them, uh, their mother and grandma died. Uh, actually, do you remember how they died? I think just from, from a sickness oh. or old age? It was an... I think the grandmother died old age. The mom, we see the scene in the hospital where she apologizes to Akari for making her have to take on the burden of caring for them. So I think the mom died of an illness, but I think the grandmother just died because she was old. I'll have to look into that a little bit later. But, uh, and then you think, oh, what about the dad? No, the dad decided to just, I'm sorry, the dad decided to just leave and mm-hmm. uh, not have to take care of anything. Probably the worst character in the show, in my opinion. And I'm for- starting to wonder when he left because I always thought it was after the mom died. But there were a couple scenes they showed in season two that makes me think he might have left before the mom died. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, that that was just a something I would like answered, I guess, which I probably could have waited to say later. But uh, I just thought of it. So I apologize. But anyway, that's the premises of the, the Kawamoto sisters. Basically, mm-hmm. you have this 23-year-old who has to take role of a mom from a younger age and have to take care of her two baby sisters, mm-hmm. which... These are, and honestly, these three sisters are probably the, some of the best shining moments in the show. Like, I have actually seen comments in, like, I, I always like to read the comments after I read the, like, the episode, watch the episode in the Crunchyroll. And a lot, of, <clears throat> a lot of them are just like, I wanna, I hate Shogi. I wanna see more of the sisters right now. <laughs> Which, in my opinion, I do like the sisters. I do like the sisters more of, uh, the, I do like the sisters more than the Shogi bits. But think of it like this. Uh, the sisters, Ray grows as a person and he like becomes better and understands more. And for the Shogi, but he can actually like put that to the metal and like prove how well he's grown, you know, that's how I like to view it. But anyway, let's start with Akari, the Mm -hmm. oldest one. Uh, basically Akari is the one who found Ray. One time, I think Ray was just like outside and Akari just like picked him up off the tree. Like, Hey, you look hungry. You should come and eat. And ever since then, uh, she's she's been inviting him to have dinner with her family. Ever since she is probably she's a very caring person, very beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. She works part time with her grandfather, who uh, her grandfather. Oh my god, the grandfather. <laughs> uh she works part-time in like his sweet shops but also she works for her aunt in like a what type of club is it 
like it's a, a hostess, hostess club. Hostess yeah. club. Yeah. Okay. And uh, she's very kind. She's a, an amazing cook, by the way. Probably one of the best cooks I've seen in an anime. That's not like that's not like that's like slice of life based. Mm-hmm. Uh, she cares about like everything around her. I think she has a little. I wouldn't call. It's kind of funny. I think she has a little fetish for chubby people. <laughs> like when you see Nikaido, she's like, "Oh um, my god, that's the best thing I've seen in the world. Look how nice and fit he is." <laughs> they, the the middle sister Hina phrased it is, "Akari like soft round things." So I think like anything, as long as it's soft and round, she likes it. But Nikaido is very round, so he would naturally be very soft. So yeah, she she sees Nikaido and she's like, <gasps> like oh you have to come God. with us and just like drags him <laughs> home with with Ray. Um, but yeah, uh, but I guess one thing to note is Akari. She's very kind, very nurturing, whether by nature or just by necessity. Um, very responsible. Um, but yeah, the she found Ray kind of like passed out on the sidewalk. Um, and I looked at the wiki just to see what the wiki says, and it just says she encounters Ray and takes him to her place. Uh, after she found him at sort of a drunk state and she brought him there to recover so i guess kind of like you know he wasn't actually drunk because he's underaged but he's kind of like doesn't really know what's going on where he's at just kind of aimless um but they also note that akari likes taking care of strays Mm -hmm. so she sees that ray's kind of this kid out there no one else really around can clearly tell he's not taking care of himself uh, but she also has they like have three cats as well. Three cats, and they all were distressed that showed up that Akari felt bad for and wanted to nurse them back to health. And now they're all like bigger, fatter cats, which also takes to the fact that she likes bigger things and just that's how caring she is. She'll get upset even when Ray turns down an invitation for dinner, but she invites him pretty much every day. So like at the start, he wouldn't go some days because he'd feel like he's imposing due to his depre- uh, depression. And then other days, it's like, you know, I got to practice for Shogi. Sorry, I can't come right now. I can't. I have to be in the zone. Uh, but she gets really upset with that. Um, but she's somebody who gives Ray that motherly figure he didn't really have. Uh, we don't know how his actual parents really treated him. Um, I'm sure they treated him but, well, honestly. I mean, they passed away when he was late elementary school, early middle school. So, you know, he was still when he really needed that nurturing persona in his life and he lost that and then where he went after he didn't get that so it's very much this vibe he needs that akari can give to him which is part of why he ends up growing as much as he does i would i would 100 agree with everything you just said mm-hmm. it really akari has like a, a burden that she has to deal with with the fact that her father their father left her and she has to take care of the two kids her mm-hmm. two baby sisters so she kind of missed out a lot on her life because of that but it turned her into the kind and caring person who she is she's she's a really nice character honestly if a lot of a lot of people would probably love her if they were to meet her and or like if they were to like if they watch the anime and you see her you'd probably understand especially if you're like a mother or something you'd probably understand that a lot you'd probably think she's your favorite character I personally really like Akari, but I like almost every character in this show. So, <laughs> so uh, I found out who her voice actress is for the dub. Her voice actress is Laura Post. Okay. And uh, she has several people of note, actually. Uh, she is the voice of Sailor Moon in the uh, sh- uh, show that started in 2015, the current one going. Really? She wow. is in Sailor Moon as Telu and Queen... I don't know how to say that. Nahelina or something. 
Oh she yeah, my favorite is, character. Uh, Toko Yadomi in Anohana. Uh, she is also in ReZero as Naoko Natsuki. Oh, I don't remember who that is. That's Subaru's mom. That. Ah, okay. Yeah, so Subaru's mom is the of course the playing the motherly part. figure as always. Yep. <laughs> It looks like uh, I was having trouble finding the voice actors and actresses before, but it looks like on the wiki they're there. So if I can find a page on there for the character, I'll mention who their voice actor is and if they have anything of note as well. Um, By the way, just a really a trivia fact. Uh, the voice actresses, I, I think this is for the sub, the voice actresses of the Carmojo sisters also provide the voices of the three cats of the residence. Nice. <laughs> so so if you watch the anime like sometimes uh the, the cast don't like speak but their thoughts are like verbalized for the viewer to see mm-hmm. so you could be like oh i'm hungry or like oh pet me i want to be pet and it's, it's really cute and it adds like a nice like really happy feeling to the anime yeah it threw me off the first time they did it i was like what is <laughs> are going on <laughs> um but after a bit yeah it, it was it was pretty great all right and i guess that's basically akari Mm-hmm. You know, we should move on to the next sister, Hinata. Mm-hmm. Hinata. My favorite character. Probably. She's, she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, so Hinata is the uh, middle-aged sister. She's in middle school uh, at the start of the show. Um, she is very lively, very um, caring. She's obsessed with the sweet shop. She loves designing and coming up with new sweets to have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Her dream is to run a sweet shop when she's older. Yes. I think they and not even place. take over the family sweet shop. She wants to have her own sweet shop. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, she, she, yeah. she might change that later. But yeah, that's her current goal. Is she wants to own, run her own. Um, Hinata is, is the middle child of the Kawamoto sisters. Uh, as we mentioned, she's very energetic, but she she's like how did how did Ray describe her? She's like, um, she she when she's angry she's angry when she's sad she's sad when she's happy she's happy she's like she goes like a hundred percent with her emotions but mm-hmm. sometimes she's not very she's not very determined or she doesn't have like the confidence to like go with her actions like in the beginning when she wants to give her her bento box to Takahashi the uh, pro pro equal she kind of like uh freaks out a little bit because like she's he's being surrounded and she doesn't end up doing it you know right so but she's like she's definitely the best character in my opinion because she is very determined to to see a lot of things through especially with what she does in season two which we'll get into more later mm-hmm. I, I i'm oh my god she just oh she and, but, like, I will, when i can't two, talk she's about shown really hard there's a scene where uh, it was like in the beginning of season one where like Ray remembers his little sister and he starts crying. So he's like stays away from the Kawamoto sisters for a little bit. And then there's this scene when they're in like the McDonald's of the show and she just like invites him like, hey, you should come have dinner with us. Because but even though her sister's like, you got to give him some time. But she's like, nah, nah, screw that. We're, I'm inviting him to have dinner so he can be happy right now. And he did that. And, you know, it was just really like nice and touching to show that like, she really cares about him she... a lot. She very much stands for the right thing to do, and she's going to do what's the right thing to do, Even um, which at is the cost of anything. Yeah. Yes, and that's that's why she gets a lot of more focus in season two. There was a whole thing too. I feel like Hina is very much a love interest character for Ray. Um, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the yeah. anime is definitely shipping them together. Yeah, which it, it makes sense because and before people freak out, it's like, well, middle schooler and a high schooler. Uh, 
I think for she, at the end of season two, she's transferring into high school for her first year, and yeah. uh, Ray's in his third year. He he did skip a year or two though, so he is at that point eighteen technically. But at that I, point, she would be 15 or 16. No, by the end of the series, he's 19. I, I'm sorry, by the end okay. of the season, season two. Because remember, uh, it's go, they go through two years in the show. That's first. right, yeah. Yeah, so and she, he, start, I think he starts is, at 17. She's 15 or 16, and he ends season two at 19. So there is a three-year age difference, but it's not like that's not big. 25 yeah. and she's a middle schooler or anything. Mm. Um, but at the start, especially in season one, it also at times seemed like he could have liked Akari. So there's a little bit to where I wasn't sure in the first season if there really was a love interest character or not. But then definitely uh, in season two, you find out Hina is kind of the character that he might well, kind of be crushing on and she might kind of be crushing on him. Well, I, in his words, Ray calls Hina, Hina his savior. Basically, yeah. it was because of her that he was able to break out of his shell and become a better yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm getting all emotional just talking about it. Oh, God, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. No, yeah, because he broke out of his shell. Mm-hmm. And he calls him, like, because there's, like, this scene where he's a little kid and he's hiding behind the uh, the bush, right? Yeah. And uh, he just, you see, like, a hand reach out to Ray and it's Hinata's hand. And it's just really sweet that someone like that could be there for Ray. But yeah. going back to what you said about the Akari thing, I, I thought that too at first, and so did a lot of people. But I feel like Ray thinks of uh, Akari more of a, as a mother figure, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So. Which is fun because yeah. if Akari does not get with Ray, she can go with Nikaido, and it's just great. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, no, it's obviously the teacher in Akari, obviously. <laughs> I would, I would like that shit pairing oh a lot as well. The teacher is great. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about him later. He definitely deserves his own <laughs> character to talk. Um, um, uh, but yeah, Hinata definitely mm-hmm. is a character to look out for. She's one of the my favorite character because of the actions she takes and a lot of the steps she does she she may be a young kid but she has her own problems and even though she's young she her problems are very mature mature mm-hmm. maturized if that makes sense like they're more yeah. like adult like and you can like relate to them even if you're like an adult like me and falcon are so there that's why hinata yeah. is the best character prove me wrong no, i'm not gonna prove you wrong okay good uh anything else we want to say before her before we move on to momo uh, her haircut is dumb at the end of season two. Yeah, I don't like that haircut. She doesn't either, but Ray apparently did. So who knows if it stays or not. It stays. Spoiler. Um, oh, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, uh, I guess we'll move on to Momo. She is Mama! a three-year-old in preschool. Uh, is she three? Yeah. That's what it says on the wikia. Oh, really? I, I thought, thought she was three. more like five or something, but I guess it makes sense. With I thought at one point they'd said four, and I was like, maybe that was season two. Maybe she was like three in season one and then four. I don't know. But yeah, she is a, your typical three-year-old girl. Um, very naive, but that's not because she's dumb. It's, she's a three-year-old. What do you expect? Um, otherwise, she's very cheerful, very happy-go-lucky. Uh, always like in a mood to help out. Uh, she always wants to play with Ray, so she gets sad when Ray is not over. Um, otherwise, I mean, she, she's a three-year-old. You know, what do you expect a three-year-old to really do? Uh, yeah, I don't know how her voice in the dub was, but in the sub, it's the cutest thing. You need to do yourself a favor, Falcon, and listen to, like, one of her clips as a sub. Because, okay. like, oh, my God, it's, like, the cutest thing in the world. Every time she talks, I literally, 
I literally almost I, I, I have like such joy in my heart, you know, mm. she literally brings joy to me. She's not even a real person. It's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so the cute. dub voice was cute. Um, I would be interested to see how the sub voice is. It doesn't even list a voice actor for her here. So I, I can't like look it up to give you any sort of like idea who it was. Um, but yeah, Momo's there to kind of be more comedic relief at times or to really, I feel like she enhances the scene. If there's a sad scene, like if there's a scene where something kind of like more sad is going on, they'll use Momo to start crying to make it worse or they'll use her to say some sort of like one-liner to kind of make a little comedic twist to it. There's one part in season two that I like a lot where they're trying to come up with a new sweet design to sell at the shop. Uh, it's like summer, so they're wanting to make like a jelly themed thing. And so they're like, well, we're going to do something about the river. That's what we normally do. And the grandfather asked Momo what swims on a river in a river. And she, she says a duck. <laughs> then they're talking about having the duck sitting on top of it might be bad since it's jelly because if it's melted at all the duck could just fall off and it wouldn't be there and he's like you're right momo what's something that splishy splashes in the river and you just see like it zoom in close up on momo's face and she's like, hmm. and then she says my sandal and then you my have this sandal. flashback to where <laughs> akari is carrying her sandal falls falls into the river and she starts crying and Akari's like it's fine we'll get you another sandal you know whatever and the grandfather, like, Akari just kind of looks at her like, that's not going to work. And the grandfather's like, that's a genius idea. And you see, like, his, like, designs for this, like, sandal sitting at the bottom of a river. It was, but just the way they delivered the line and the dub and just Momo's face when she said it, like, she had the best idea ever. And the way the grandfather, it, it was great. I loved it. She has tons of little moments like that. But she does Basically, have the moment. yeah. Yeah. The, the, the moment we talked about earlier, there's this time where, Akari can't pick up Momo from preschool. The grandfather's at work and Hina has a club. So they ask Ray if Ray can pick up Momo from her preschool and walk her home. Um, and she trips on the way going home and scrapes up her leg. Uh, and so Ray gets her home really quickly. But the way she was acting gave Ray hardcore flashbacks to a time when his little sister um, got hurt or scraped her leg and he had to kind of look after her. And he, he stayed away after that for a little bit because he just couldn't get over it. Um, but he kind of he kind of freaked out after he kind of took care. He took care of the situation, bandaged her up, all of that, but then kind of wasn't good for a bit. Um, There's also the scene where it was the, the transition between the, the beginning and end of like the first part and the second part of season one where uh, uh they want they want him to like they want ray to stay he not and momo want him to stay so they could do like a puzzle but mm -hmm. he's like no i have to like go study for like a match super important like when he's gonna fight goto mm -hmm. and uh momo's like ray do your best and it was just so cute and wholesome he's really the best mm -hmm. child in any, any anime probably in my opinion i feel like nothing no nothing could be as cute as her the, she's the best child in anime because a lot of other anime it's like oh they're the kid they just kind of didn't put effort into it momo feels like a real three-year-old kid if you've ever been around a three-year-old kid momo acts very realistic in that regard as to how she acts with people and interacts and whatnot even there's an episode they went out to eat and on the way back she says she has to pee and wants them to hurry <laughs> so they're they're trying to run back as quick as they can and she keeps, you know, like, I don't know that I can hold it. Someone needs to carry me. And, you know, it's like, well, Momo, we can go. 
they're passing a park so we can go in the bathroom in the park no i want to go at home so like they're trying to like just even like small little details like that that really don't enhance the situation at all but they're just they're like i've had friends who had kids who are like you know like no we're not doing no it has to be here um but yeah she's it's, she's great it's basically realistic and it mm-hmm. adds a lot, of, a lot of moms again will probably be like oh that's just like my child ha ha yeah. ha yeah it's great momo's a great all the sisters are great and basically that's what makes the kawamoto sisters probably the best characters in the show to a lot of people they're very realistic very realistic mm-hmm. all right moving on uh, let's talk about our favorite uh, best friend, Nikaido. Ah, uh, Nikaido. Nikaido. All right. So Nikaido, Nikaido is the self-proclaimed rival to Ray. He is also Ray's self-proclaimed best friend, as in Nikaido says that he and Ray are best friends. Uh, Ray doesn't think that way, especially at the start. Maybe towards the end, a little bit. Definitely um, towards the end, I would say. But uh, Nikaido has considered Ray his rival since elementary school when he and Ray fought in this uh, championship match for like a children's yogi tournament. They were in the finals. They were fighting together. Uh, Nikaido is very sickly. He has some sort of disease that tires him out easily. And they're on like a department store roof in like 90 degree weather or something like that. Uh, and Ray just demolishes him because he can tell that Nikaido's needs to get inside to cool weather or else something bad could happen. But that only fueled Nikaido to want to beat Ray to any extent. And he appreciated the fact that even though he could tell Ray knew he was sick and needed to get into a cooler environment to rest, he didn't want to give up. So it Ray pressures him to become a better Shogi player. And he likes the fact that Ray doesn't take it easy on him. Ray just tries to go all out with him no matter what. Um, but because of that, he also understands Ray's personality, even when Ray doesn't really understand himself. Um, but otherwise, he comes from a very rich family. He's got a lot of money. Um, short, chubby. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to look energetic. on the wiki, and I'm trying to find things. But the only thing I could tell about his disease is it says it's an incurable disease or he's chronically mm. ill, which has contributed to his obesity. Yeah. I think it's like an organ thing or something. I have no idea. Yeah, I think, I think so, too. They never go farther into it except that he has a disease and it's uncurable. Um, but even like the Shogi Association knows about it, but they can't give him like special treatment. So like there is one part where you find out he had to he was hospitalized for his disease and he had to miss matches. So they just counted his losses because he didn't show up, you know, and no fault of himself. He c- couldn't be there. But uh, otherwise, he's very energetic. He's very supportive. He's a terrific teacher, we find out. Uh, he, <laughs> he he made the picture a- book with the cats and the shogi. It's just the cutest thing ever. And that was great. Like, So there's a part where Ray and Nikaido had met up at like the shogi hall or something, and they're deciding they're going to go get food. So they get on their way to get food. They run into Momo and uh, Hinata. Hina. And <laughs> Momo just freezes like stars in her eyes and calls him Totoro. Uh and thinks he's, or like she calls him Botaro, but it's supposed to be Totoro, especially when they talk about what they're referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks he is Botaro and just like runs up and jumps on him and hugs him. And uh, then Akari walks out of the store later and freaks out because she loves the fact that Nikaido's round and soft. Or, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they invite them over and they ask Ray if he can teach them how to play shogi. So he, 
he knew that before going so they bought like supplies and stuff and Ray's, you know these are the pieces this is what they do your goal is this let's do this and that and you can tell that momo and hina are just lost so nikaido pulls out this book that he made that explains those like cats it's more cutesy it's more kiddish but it gets their attention they're understanding it better even though he's really saying the same exact thing in pretty much the same way he's got the visuals to kind of reflect it cat um, pictures can't go wrong with cat pictures yeah and <laughs> i think my favorite thing that came with it is the next few episodes every so many minutes they have some shogi song talking about the different pieces and what they do and they've got like a cg animation of the cats doing it was the song in english for you yes it was in english oh was it really oh because mm-hmm. in uh the sub it, it was in japanese but there was no like translation Oh yeah, it was it was in English on the dub. So if you find those episodes, you can go back and watch them again. I think that was like around seven or eight. I don't remember. I don't, I it gives so. me a reason to rewatch it because you know. <laughs> um, yeah, he. That's where he talks about. Uh, he introduces himself as you know Kiriyama's best friend and rival, and they're gonna have he he constantly talks about he wants to have this really fierce rivalry rivalry with Ray that's known throughout the ages of Shogi and. They're going to be great together. And no matter what, they have to constantly fight each other in the finals. And it's going to be great. And they're going to be awesome. Uh, and you find out because of his disease, he wants people to remember him in case he just randomly, you know, in case like it turns for worse and he leaves. Um, so he's even like, he's constantly trying to make new Shogi moves so he can have a move named after him. Just that sort of thing. Because he doesn't, he's enough of a people person and he can't get to be around people enough so he wants people to know about him in the future to like set his mind at ease. He's got a he's got a servant that stays with him everywhere he goes as like a caretaker, which I don't remember his name, but he's terrific as well. There's Hanaoka. literally one part where yeah, Hanaoka. And uh the first time we meet Nikaido in the show, he's by himself. And Ray even says, Where's Hanaoka? And he's like, Oh, he's worked so hard all these years and never taken a day off. So we paid for him to go on an 80-day cruise. And uh so you see like a thing of him getting on there. Oh, thank you, young master. This is terrific. I'm so happy. And you find out he only stayed like a couple days and then he left because he just couldn't be away. He was too worried about what happened in Nikaido while he was away. So he put his wife on the cruise instead so the wife could have this nice vacation instead of him. Uh, but he's a, he's a terrific guy. Uh, honestly, probably is Nikaido's best friend, even though he's, you know, a higher assistant for him. Uh, but he's great. And he's, Nikaido is obsessed with shogi because it's the one thing he can still do in the hospital bed. He can still sit there, study shogi, play shogi. He can't go out with kids and run around and do whatever, even when he's not in the hospital. That's too rough on him. Uh, but he's a terrific guy. He's very much a very caring and very passionate person. So even there's one time where he's commentating on a match that's being televised and Ray isn't playing like himself and you find out later on on the televised performance he's calling ray out like what are you doing you're not playing like yourself be defensive be cautious you're losing and making bad moves because you're trying to play like him and just calls him out and you find out later he got so active and riled up he had to leave right after that match because he was he had to just leave he made himself sick um but he's probably he probably is still my favorite character at the moment he's the person i think about the most when i think of the show so you're saying Nikaido's your favorite character? I think so, yeah. I think he, he would be my favorite overall. That is Honestly, uh, to contribute to the fact that uh, Nikaido is definitely a very caring individual. He cares about Rei a lot ever mm-hmm. since he... Because in a way, I think they explained it uh, that... I, I might be wrong with explaining this, but in a sense, Nikaido's... I'm sorry, Rei saved Nikaido in a sense that Nikaido looks at it because 
that he took him seriously considering no matter like his mm-hmm. circumstances and everything he still took him seriously at all times and because of that he considers ray his rival and his best friend that's mm-hmm. why when uh ray was like super focused on trying to beat goto which we'll get into reasons for that later mm-hmm. uh he didn't even like focus on shimada who was the guy before goto and we find out that uh shimada is actually not like his actual his actual brother but um uh, he took care of him like a brother. Uh, and, uh, they they had the same shogi master, so they're technically like apprentices of the same. Oh yeah, master. you're right. Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah. So he calls him brother like all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he before like Ashimana's match with Ray, uh, Nikaido goes up to him. He's like, "Hey, beat the heck out of Ray. Make him come to his senses." He doesn't say mm-hmm. that exactly, but it's like implied, which really shows that Nikaido really cares about Ray. Even if he has to use brute force to make him understand that what he's doing is wrong in his actions, he's not like being himself. Yeah. Well, that's because that's what Ray did to him. He was he was following the same behavior pattern as Ray when he was a kid because he was just beating everybody until that match with Ray on the roof where Ray didn't go easy on him and tried to put him out of his misery to get it done earlier, which only made Nikaido play stronger. He took Nikaido down a peg. Nikaido had to really think about how he was playing. He was at, how do you phrase it? I remember if he got an attitude or he was too full of himself. And by Ray beating him, knocked him down a peg and made him re-observe himself. And he realizes Ray's following that same path and he needed somebody to beat down Ray. And he knew he couldn't do it, but he knew Shimada could. So he was like, Shimada, destroy him. Like, just flat out, go all out. Flat out, beat him him to death. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, he said, he's like, I care about him too much to let him keep going like this. So like, it's, it's very much... He'll do whatever for Ray, even if it's not what Ray wants him to do, or even if it's not a nice thing to do. Um, but he knows Ray needs it, so he's gonna try to do it or get somebody to do it for him as best as he can. And I, I'm going back to what you think. You feel like Ray doesn't really accept Nikaido as his friend, but I feel like he really does. Uh, it's during the newcomer tournament where I feel like it all changes uh, for Ray. That, that where, was uh, season this, two, though. I feel like at the start he didn't. I feel like the by the start, end he, he does. Did. Well, obviously, in the beginning, he doesn't, but as the show goes mm-hmm. on, he does. But, like, the moment when you finally realize that he might actually accept Nikaido as, like, a friend is uh, when they're in the newcomer tournament where Nikaido loses because of his illness. And it's the moment where Ray's about to play a piece, and he stops, and he hears Nikaido's voice, and it's, like, mm-hmm. the scene from when, like, the yeah. commentary's like, hey, watch what you're doing. Be cautious, right? Yeah, and he, and he I says, think- like, play like yourself, and you see Ray swap whatever piece he was going to move or take and... Uh, that's probably it. one of my favorite scenes too because i remember when i first mm-hmm. watched the anime i actually teared up a little bit in that scene because it's mm-hmm. really sweet to see a nikaido him is actually taking nikaido's words to heart and you so find out that nikaido's watching it and he realizes he did and he was that i think that's because of me and it's he realizes that ray's paying attention to him and is taking his advice seriously which just makes nikaido elated um but yeah that was that was great Anyway, Nikaido is a great character. Mm-hmm. Falcon's favorite. Yeah. One of my personal favorites, maybe. I don't know. They're all my favorites. I love this freaking show. They're all really good. It makes picking a favorite hard. Let's move on to the next character. Uh, let's talk about the teacher. Let's talk about Mr. Hayashida. Mr. Hayashida. Mr. Hayashida. All right. I'll, I'll start with this one. Mr. Hayashida is probably one of the best anime teachers in anime history you cannot prove me wrong on that this is the guy who literally uh he wanted to be he wants to be popular with the kids too because there's always the scenes like in the beginning where he's like uh well he's where he's like basically he's talking to ray and okay i think i i think i took this whole angle i got too excited let me calm down mr hayashi <laughs> 
he's the best anime teacher. <laughs> and um, basically, he's a guy who cares about his students, but he also wants to be like really popular with uh, the kids. He wants to be like be he wants to be uh, what's the word when you want to involve. Involved. Thank you. He wants to be involved with like the the, the kiddos, you know, always wanting to, mm-hmm. to hang out with them and be popular with the kiddos. But he really does care about right. He also likes Shogi. I think he mentioned that him and the Majin Shoya went to high school at the same time. Oh, no, they're just mm-hmm. the same. Maybe they're the same age, either the first or the second. But there's like all this. The it was these scenes in the beginning where basically he's talking with Ray. He's like, oh, they're having a Christmas party. Oh, we're going camping. And Ray's like, why do you keep mentioning this to me? I don't care. He's like, I want to be popular with the kids. Someone has to listen to me. You're the only one. Mm-hmm. But as the anime goes on, you finally re- you really realize that Hayashida, you, you think he'd be like a joke character at first because that's the way they were trying to like put him in as a joke character. But as you they go through, you realize that he's like an adult with who's who's gone through adulthood and he understands what people are going through he really does generally care about mm-hmm. everybody especially ray man he, he really saved ray's like uh school career because in a sense he had to like because of all the absences that ray had to do mr aisha literally went like full focus when he's like all right how many days do you have that we need to focus on right now yeah he pulled and- a, he pulled a lot of strings to let him still pass also really quick i forgot to mention nikaido's voice actor He's actually been in several things. Uh, his voice actor in the dub is Zach Aguilar, who is Genos from One Punch Man. Oh. Uh, who else was he? There's someone else of note that I saw. Now I'm not seeing it. Uh, he's uh, Tolkien in Sword Art Online, uh, Colt and uh, Hunter x Hunter. And there's one more of note. Who was it? Who was it? I forgot. Oh, he's in JoJo as Koichi Hirosei. Oh, he's Koichi. Yes. Oh, yes. He's, my, he's like the best character in part four. Uh, but that's it. Uh, we'll get back to the teacher now. I just realized like uh, I, I forgot I had it pulled uh, up and that, saw it. Thank you for that. I appreciate no that. Problem. that. That was, that was pretty cool. So yeah, basically, and there's a scene, he, there's a scene in season two. Like there's this like, uh, there, basically there's a situation in Hina's school. We'll get more into it later, but the teacher there wasn't really handling it well. So Ray was talking about to Mr. Hayashida and Mr. Hayashida's like, all right, let me at her. I'm going to tell her how to be a real teacher. And Ray's like, no, calm down, please. He's like, no, I'm going to her right now and telling her what's what. And I'm just like, dude, this is, this is like the best teacher in the world. Mm-hmm. But basically uh, Mr. Hayashida is a good character, very mature, understands a lot of things, helped Ray have a better school life. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think about Mr. Hayashida Falcon? I like Mr. Hayashida a lot. Um, yeah, he's he's just a Shogi fan, so that's why he kind of can relate to Ray. He talks about Shogi a lot. He understands how the pro world there kind of works and whatnot, um, but also just the fact that he sticks to himself. He doesn't really have friends. He doesn't really try to get along with anybody. He just kind of shows up when he's not playing Shogi. So you find out they eat lunch together on the roof a lot of the time, uh, but he, he even finds out one of the first times we actually um, see him that... Uh, he realizes Ray probably makes more money in a year that he does as a teacher. And then he just gets really upset and is like, whatever, I'm not even eating with you anymore. Why am I eating with the student? I should be eating with the teachers and the other adults in the school. And I like, gets upset and like walks away, but he does whatever he can to help Ray fit in. And so he's constantly like, Hey, in case you didn't hear, we're having the class having a Christmas party. I'm not invited, but you should go have fun. And he even Ray, didn't go to high school and then decides later to enroll after like I think a year I think he took a year off and decided he changed his mind um so he even at one point Ray is not really making it a point to like fit in 
And so he's finally kind of like, what's the point of you being here? Why did you come back if you're not going to actually be a part of the student body or the class? You're just showing up to be here. And so he kind of tries to help Ray out with the more social side. Even in season two, he tries to get him to form, make, join a club or form a club because he wants him to have some sort of friendship interaction. He wants him to make these memories he's going to remember forever because he knows as a teacher, he remembers a lot of stuff he did in high school. So uh, that gets him to get Ray to form the Shogi Science Club because they couldn't get anyone for a normal Shogi club. And the science club was about to close. So they just merged the two clubs together. But then he makes friends with the science club members and they teach him cool science things. And he teaches them about Shogi and they kind of just rotate what they do. And uh, there's a great scene that he facilitates where they make a, uh, I forget what the actual name is like. Uh, it was in uh, Kawaii Complex too, the noodle oh, the slide thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. I forgot what the, the actual name is. Um, I think in the dub, they just call it like, inverted slides or something like that i don't remember what mm -hmm. they called it but uh he gets them to do that sisters too. yeah oh, they even invite the so sisters because of some drama he had been going into at the time he felt he was questioning if she was going to go to high school he's like hey come see what we do at my high school come to our club thing the teacher says it's cool so he invites them and to kind of get hina to see what it's like at school but you fully get to see ray genuinely considers the science club members as friends and uh if it wasn't for the teacher, he wouldn't have that. He would just have a couple shogi friends on the Kawamotos, and that would be about it. Um, and that, that definitely helps to grow Ray as a character as well, because mm -hmm. school is a very important part of a uh, uh, teenager's life. It's where yes. you find your friends. It's where you find out what you want to do with your life, you know? Mm -hmm. Obviously, with Ray, it's different, but, you know, he still wanted the friend's part. And he didn't mm -hmm. want to, as he mentioned, he didn't want to leave anything half-assed. You want to do right. everything 100%. And that's Indeed. Mr. Hayashida as a character. Best uh, teacher Real quick, uh, his voice actor uh, was, uh, what's his name actually? I scrolled down too far. Keith Silverstein. Uh, he is in Violet Evergarden as Deep Freed Bougainvillea. Uh, it's a Netflix anime. Looks like he's in a lot of Netflix animes um, that I've not heard of, but I can tell. Otherwise, he's in a lot of like smaller roles, but nothing like too big. Uh, Grand Blue, the animation he played, Promern. Uh, so there's one more that we could throw out here that he did. He is in Boruto as Kakoi. No, I don't know who that is. I don't watch Boruto, but I don't either. But I, Boruto's a bigger one, so he was in there at least for a bit. But yeah, uh, who should we talk about next? Or is that all the characters of note that we feel we really need to talk uh, about? I feel like there's at least two or three more. Yes, I know. We've been talking about the characters for a while, but that's just how good mm -hmm. the characters in the show are. They're so diverse. They're so unique that it brings mentioning. Let's talk about Shimada. Okay. A little bit. How about that? You start. We start. Who is Shimada Falcon? So Shimada is a professional shogi player. He is. What a surprise. Yeah, he's in. Uh, is it A class? I believe, which is just he's like I think a the class, highest class. Don. Yes. Yeah, A class eighth Don. They don't. That's one thing I don't like about the show. They don't really explain how the classes really work. We know A is higher than B. B is higher than C. But the Dons, it's like, are there only so many people there, or is it depending on like your rank? There's so many people of a certain dawn. They don't explain that. I was very confused whenever they'd say that. Um, but he's, I yeah, really first class a, or A class, eighth dawn. Uh, he doesn't stand out. He's been a really consistent, very well done shogi player. But he came up the same time as the current Majin. 
and a lot of others who had more personality, had more charisma. And so he kind of got thrown to the wayside, um, which is why he was able to beat down Kiriyama in the, uh, that one tournament Nikaido asked him to just destroy him in. Uh, Kiriyama looked at a couple of his game records and didn't see anything of note. So he just dismissed him. Um, and then he focused on Goto instead. who's this really well-known, very intimidating player that Ray really wants to beat. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't really take him serious or a lot of the newer people don't take him seriously as a competitor because they've never really heard about him. He's never won a title match. He's never really gotten to play in those matches. He's just kind of this guy who's been there for a bit. Uh, but otherwise he has stomach issues, um, but he's very big on improving others. So he has the same mentor as Nikaido. He runs his own workshop with Nikaido Ray and uh, I forgot the other guy's name. He's one of the ones that doesn't show up very often, but that's where yeah. he invites them over and they just play against each other and they work through the matches. Okay, how could we have improved this? How could I have won? When did I lose? Um, that's one thing I always like. They determine the exact play of when they lost the game. I always thought that was really fun and how they tried to work around it. Um, otherwise, very he's very old looking for his age, um, probably due to his just health issues. He's apparently the same age as Shoya, which is the mage. Yeah, and Shoya looks like he's in his 20s. Uh, Let's see. I like Shimada a lot because he's like that nice mentor type for Rei and Nikaido in a sense. But also Mm -hmm. his character is pretty good. Uh, Growing up, he felt like he really owed everything to the old people in his town because they Mm -hmm. really gave him the support that he really needed to become a professional shogi player. So he feels like he owes it to them to come home with a title and become a master just for them. But unfortunately, so far in the anime, that has not happened. He has come close, but unfortunately, the no cigars there. No, yeah. no titles, but uh, he's a really uh, interesting character who's gone through a lot and understands what Ray might be going through in a sense with the sh- with his shogi aspect. You know, that's why he wants to help and invite him to the workshop and stuff. And mm-hmm. I really do like Shimada as well. You'd really think when he was first introduced, he'd just be another like side character, but they actually go into more detail about him and stuff and give him more of a presence in the anime. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean. He's a very important character, but he's a very, I feel like he's one of the more one note characters besides just he's constantly wanting to bring back a title for his town. Um, Otherwise, he's there. He's really great. He's a great mentor figure, but that about sums him up as far as I'm really concerned. Okay, yeah, that's Um, fair. Is there anything else you can think of for Shimada? I get some stomach medicine, dude. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he has stomach (laughs) medicine, but uh, I guess voice roles. so he's he's a very old school voice actor. He's been around for a while. He's Kirk Tom, uh, Thornton. Yeah, I've heard of Kirk Thornton. Uh, Sonic Boom. He plays Orbot and a bunch of other voices. He's the Gabumon, Garurumon, all the Gabumon line in the Digimon series. He's Igor from Persona Five. Um, oh, well, there you uh, go. <laughs> you showed even old ones like Ninja Scroll. He's Shiro Fujimoto and Blue Exorcist. Um, Cyborg 006 from Cyborg 009. Uh, Kisame uh, Hoshigaki from Naruto Shippuden. He's also Syax from Kingdom Hearts. Yes. Um, let's see. Any others of note? Just scrolling really quick. Oh, he plays a guy from Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, Toto Mirkonen. I've seen most of that show, but I don't remember who that is off the top of my head. Um, 
Uh, da, 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 da. That's probably about it. All the most notable ones. All right. Uh, one, one other, another character I'd like to talk about um, is the Majin, uh Soya. Mm. Uh, I, I honestly really can't understand Soya's character. I'm not saying that because they feel like they didn't show enough of him, which they showed a, a decent amount about him. But uh, I just, he's such a weird and unique character in a sense. Like you can't really understand what he's thinking at any time. Uh, but the reality of the problem is the, the reason for that is because I, I think this is my interpretation is that they just, he's just put so much time into Shogi and so much time into it that uh, he really can't like show emotions. He really can't like show like human interaction. Like you thought mm-hmm. Ray was bad. Here's this yeah. guy. I mean, there's a scene where he literally got like wine spilled on him, but he keeps talking normally, like nothing's happened. But when he's on Shogi, he's literally himself. That's, that's who he is as a person. He's literally, mm-hmm shogi personified like there's a lot of people who've literally called himself who's called him a shogi demon or the devil of shogi uh but he's a pretty interesting character in the sense of he was also one of the uh middle school people to debut he was the first one right i i don't know if he was the first i don't think he was the first one i think i thought he was the first one and ray was the fifth one since he had made it like but I could I be think wrong the on chair- that. I think the chairman was oh, okay. the first one. Well, I don't know if he was the first one. Um, oh no, he's he wasn't. He's he. You're right. He wasn't. The chairman was the first one. All of them, all of the five except for Ray, I think at this point, had become the Majin at some point. And I think you're right. I think Shelia was like the last one who did that. Yeah, I think it was the more the fourth, the third, or the fourth one. I don't mm-hmm. remember off the top of my head, but yeah. But uh, he there's like a scene where he literally has to like lead Shoya on because he, you could tell he really like can't take care of himself so well. Mm-hmm. But it's just he's just such a unique character. What do you think about Shoya? Shoya is interesting. Um, we we don't I we see him often, but like you said, we don't really know a ton about him. Uh, we know uh, a little bit about him. We know he really kind of like figures people out through Shoki. Um, I feel like the only way we're going to really know more about him is if they do more seasons and we have more interaction with uh, Ray and Shoya. Um, Cause you could tell when they were, they play like a commemorative match at one point um, in the show. And uh, you can tell he and Kiria Ray kind of like understand each other somewhat while they're playing. Um, you can tell there's like this kind of connection they have. Um, whether that's just to set up that Ray eventually will become the Meiji in the show or if that's more, um, but they get together very well. They just seem to, after playing, kind of understand each other a little bit. But yeah, we don't really know much about him. He's very confusing. We know, he's like a shogi god, essentially. Uh, they the even god talk of about, shogi. The chairman constantly says he's glad he played when he did because if he were to play now, it would be very disheartening knowing that you're probably never going to beat him. Like, that's just how good he is. So it talked about, I think he's one of the longest running magians just because nobody can beat him. He's just too good. Um, I think they said he wins 70% of his matches a year. Uh, or his games, so not even in the matches, just like he wins 70% of the games. Uh, but yeah. I mean, he didn't lose games uh, in the show. They don't, they don't show them. Yeah. But they talk about it. Uh, yeah, they, but, they uh, just acknowledge he has like a 70% win rate or something like yeah. that. See, my, I actually, my thought, I actually don't want Ray to become a Majin because I feel like if he does, he might end up just like Soya does. And I wouldn't want that. 
personally, but I feel like that's not going to happen considering his interactions with the uh, with the sisters. But that's just my thought so far. I actually did read a little bit further in the the manga, and I heard some things. They show more of Soya. I I didn't read read it, but I like saw a synopsis of it, and some things do happen. Nothing so, serious, but you know. I'll talk about uh, so uh, Soya's voice actor for the dub is Todd Haver. It's another oldie, another oldie. Look yeah. at that. Uh, of course, Natsu from Fairy Tale, uh, Haru from Free, um, from Shishka Bug from Bug Snacks. I mean, how much higher uh, can you get? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've just been playing too much. Wait, apparently, much he's Edgar Snacks. Allan Poe in Bungo Stray Dogs. I didn't even know yeah. that was a character. He's Solomon Black Clover. Um, I mean, like, he's in a lot. I'm pretty sure he's even Kororo in the Sergeant Frog dub. Um, because I think the reason they stopped the Sergeant Frog dub is because Fairy Tale got so popular. They're like, "Oh, we can't have you doing yeah, that one too." He's so we're not gonna... to. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's I remember why they stopped Sergeant Frog, which kind of made me sad because I love Sergeant Frog, and I wish we got more of it dubbed than we did. But you know, that's a rant for another day. Uh, Jocko and Dragon Ball Super. So I mean, you you know who Habercorn is at this point, probably if you're watching anime at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like just getting back to the whole thing about Ray and like Shogi and having the Kalmodos. It's weird, especially because like it seemed like at the start, if he this it's weird because at the start i thought the more he hung out with the kawamotos the worse he got at shogi and the more he just focused on shogi the better he did but then it seemed like later on he realized how to balance it better when that the times when he did just focus on shogi he got in his head too much yeah that, that was just something that made me think of but it it's a nice balance he has to play and i feel like that's kind of the pivotal part of the story is how can he balance his shogi life to where he's not depressed all the time with actually having a normal life which would is an interesting uh, scale to teeter on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, that's enough about the characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise we'd be here all day, which I would yes. be fine with. But you know, but real quick, we don't have to like go in depth about it. But what are some of your favorite side characters? I liked. Was it uh, Issa, the guy who's with oh, Smith the guy a lot? who we found like season two? I'm sorry, episode two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the black hair kind of spiky black hair guy. Um. He doesn't show up much, but I always like whatever he's there. Um, let's see, other side characters I really enjoyed. While you're thinking on that, I'm gonna say I really like Smith a lot. He's like the blonde mm-hmm. guy with the glasses. They don't they don't show too much of him, but they show a scene where he's like, "So I'm going to, uh, I think I have two options. I'm going to either go home, or I'm going to the club with Akari and spend some money for her." And he goes just like throw a can in the trash can. But it doesn't doesn't miss the trash can. It doesn't go in the trash can. It goes beyond the trash can into the bush, right? So it's like, ugh. And he goes to the bush and he finds an abandoned like kid cat. And mm. it was just like, oh, a third option has presented itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Smith is a pretty interesting character. Uh, another one. I can't find his name anywhere. I forgot it. So I'm sorry. The uh, the head guy of the science club before they merge. Onaguchi. Uh, Onaguchi. Yeah. Uh, he's. Just, I figured he'd be your favorite because of your his mustache. Well, not even just because <laughs> of the mustache. Like I just genuinely like him. Uh, yeah, he's the science club thing. Uh, like fa- or president. He uh, he helps Ray out to pass the year when he missed so many days. They're like they realized every day he had a shogi match was a lab day, so he never got to do his labs. So Hayashida is like, hey, can you uh, help Ray do this? He's just he had to miss a lot of days due to some circumstances. He has to do the labs. Can you help him? And they no problem it's science let's do it uh but then everything else they do is normally more like food themed like they talk about how to make soda candy and they talked about uh, how he like 
grew corn on like the roof of the school or something like that and they were doing it's usually food themes somehow but it's still about science and how the everything mixes together to create what it is and why it happens he was just a really fun guy really overall just good character um i really liked the grandfather a lot the grandfather, the grandfather was, was super good uh, he, he actually like got some more showmanji or something like that i believe with that arc i told you about he actually gets some development he's a good character he he really does respect ray as well mm-hmm. and he's really caring for his uh his uh three grandchildren as well i like really shiho for what it was worth as well she wasn't in there a ton or wasn't she you mean Shiho? yeah 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 Shio. Uh, we'll get more uh, into that later because I do want to yeah. discuss that. But I, I like I liked her character a lot. Um, um I, also I, Takahashi. Takahashi is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all good. We'll get more more on that later because oh, they're all really good Takahashi. characters, especially Takahashi, like the, being the the tall guy. Uh, it was really nice of Ray to like tutor his grandfather and his father. I thought that was really nice of Ray because Takahashi always mentions how his grandfather was just like kind of like not moving around so much. And then Ray comes and starts playing show. He's like, yeah, my teacher. Woo! Yeah, he, he tells him around. that like he met he Ray. He goes to a shogi hall and starts participating. It's amazing. Really yeah, good. That was, I like that a lot because Takahashi, I guess we'll just say, wants to be a pro baseball player. And so to motivate him, his, I don't know if it was his dad or his grandfather that had been reading the Shogi magazine. It's like, this kid's in middle school and he's already a pro. Make it happen or whatever to like uh, impress him. So when he met Ray with Hina that one day, he asked Ray if he'd be willing to come by and meet his family at some point because I guess they were big fans and he was a big motivator. So yeah, he ends up going and you find out he's been tutoring his dad and uh, Takashi's dad and grandfather in Shogi. And they keep bragging about like their masters, this, you know, high school shogi <laughs> prodigy and like it, it's just it's very wholesome i really liked it a lot but there's like a mutual respect with them with wanting to become pros and what that entails and whatnot but it was really good another one of my favorite character side characters is going to be sakutaro yana yanagahara sorry if i said <laughs> basically yana so yeah. basically my only problem with the anime is that uh at the beginning of season two I really could differentiate between some of the old men who had like the white hair and like the old wrinkles. That was like one of my major problems. And they didn't really like distinguish between like the chairman and, and Yana until like later when Yana had his match with uh, Shimada. But I really like Yana uh, because he's basically a character who is holding on to the burden and holding on to the will and the dreams of all of his friends who have like dropped out from Shogi to go do like their other things. And he uses that to strive on forward and be good. I think he's like 70 in the show uh, he's close to 70 in the dub at he's the end he makes some comment about he's like heck i'm i'm a 60 year old man and then the chairman tells him like please we're pushing 70 now so like he's older 60s um <laughs> but yeah like that was they're having a drink yeah he and the chairman have been in the the shogi game for a really long time so they're really good friends i like the chairman a lot as well he's very much trying to keep shogi relevant in a world that thinks shogi's just that thing that old men play um uh you have the moment well, i guess i could talk about that in like a favorite moment later yes but, uh, i get it every single character in the yeah. show is great falcon we know yeah, yeah and that's great, what's great. great about this anime guys mm-hmm. uh basically for the fact that we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast but if you watch this anime you could be a kid an adult a young adult or an old man but you will relate to any character in this show no matter how old you are, because there's, it's for all ages. There's always mm-hmm. a character, whether young or small, young, old, small, big, you know, and you will relate to them, especially the old men. The old men were very relatable. I actually, while I was watching the anime, I looked at the comments. I actually saw 
of comments saying, hey, it's like, hey, I'm a 60-year-old man. And I feel like this guy's mental struggles really relates to mine as an old man, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really tell that the author put a lot of effort into into the thought process of all the characters, which is great. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess we should move on to some fun facts, if you have any for this one. Oh, uh, you want some fun facts? I want uh, some do fun you? facts, Condor. Uh, you do? Yeah. Uh, I don't got any. You don't got any? Oh, I'm, no I'm sorry. Facts. The week yet, the, so the week yet is kind of a little bare. <laughs> it is extremely only, bare. I'm looking at it now. I mean, I'll mention it again, but the only fun fact is the Kawamoto Sinisters and the sub also voice their cats as well. That's okay. like a fun fact. Also, I guess uh, for Ray's adoptive uh, sister, in one of Ray's flashbacks of the third episode of the second season, uh, the voice actor who voices Kyoko also voices Kyoko's little brother, Ayumu. I guess that's... Okay. Um, uh, also Shion no Oi also has a character named Nikaido. Coincidentally, it is also a shogi manga. The two characters, though, are far removed from each other. Basically, I guess there's another shogi manga who has a character named Nikaido. Okay. I get that. Oh, here's a fun fact. Sangatsu no Lion, which is uh, March Comes in Like a Lion, mm-hmm. uh, is also the name of a 1991 drama film. In the case okay. of the movie, Lion is usually roman- roman- romanized as Ryan. Also, I looked up the meaning of like the phrase, March Comes in Like a Lion. Well, the town is called Marchtown. Yes. Um, so that's probably like the, why it's called like that. But, but yeah, it also what, what talked about, about? Uh, and also talked about how March is still technically winter at the start, but it's spring by the end. So it talks about it starts off really cold, but then all of a sudden spring just hits and it all of a sudden gets really bright and warm and sunny, which you could use as the metaphor from the fact that the start Ray is very cold and depressed and by the end of it. He's more bright cheerful and positive so it's kind it's of a good, it's a, a good synopsis yeah for basically mm. human emotions like sometimes you'll be sad but sometimes you'll be happy and then sometimes you'll be sad again it's basically yeah. for human emotions yeah by the way i i heard that apparently the last episode of season two ended in march 31st so there goes march it came mm. like a line and it left yeah it came like a line and it left all right march. well i guess we should talk about the story huh we've already, we've already talked about the story Oh, well, we should talk about it again. <laughs> no, uh, let's, let's cover the openings and endings really quick. Oh, we don't oh, the openings and the ending. forget. I actually did forget. I'm not going to lie, I forgot. <laughs> this is why I have the list up, Condor. I'm so glad I know we, we made the talking. list. I'm so glad. So the opening, uh, so the ending themes, well, I'm gonna start, let's start with the ending themes. Let's, right, let's, 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 let's do it a little differently this time. The ending themes, they're okay. They're not the best. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> I'm like, but, all right. I will say the visuals for them are amazing. I really mm-hmm. like the fourth one because it starts with Ray being sad, but then like he gets happy and it gets more brighter and mm-hmm. you see like the sisters and stuff and it gets really happy. But basically all the ending themes are good. Uh, uh, image The imagery for the ending themes are like good for like a boy who, or a person who's feeling like depressed and you could probably like feel the same way with those. But yeah, the, the ending themes are not very noticeable. Um, but I do know the first one's done by Bump of Chicken. Yeah, I think that one was still my favorite. I liked all the others, but that's the one I just liked listening to the most. I'm gonna say the fourth one, which is called "I Am Standing." That's the that one's good. I like that one as well. Uh, Let's talk about the openings, Falcon. Opening one, probably the worst one in my opinion. Really? Yes. As far as like the actual like images or the song and the images. Both. I'm gonna say both, but I'm not gonna. I'm not saying it's bad. Bad. I'm just Mm -hmm. saying compared to the other three. It's not as good, but I can understand that it's basically it's supposed to show Ray as like mm-hmm. as like he's like sad and it shows 
like the world around him like all dark and sad and it's the scene with like the vines entangling him trying to hold mm-hmm. him back and stuff but here's a fun fact by the way uh i've noticed it's not a, I, it's not a fun fact it's more of a, a thing i noticed but as you watch the anime the openings get more brighter which shows ray's mood mm-hmm. escalating and becoming more happy did you notice that falcon i did i did i personally still like the song i think the opening song from one the best uh but that's just personal preference the, they're the all fairly oh, good just like bump of chicken bump of chicken's a pretty well, i do like bump of chicken but it's not because it's bump of chicken i genuinely liked it it took me a little bit to get used to it but I felt like when I was wanting to re-listen to openings, that's the one I wanted to re-listen to the most. Um, openings yeah. two and three were sung by I think a person called Yuki. Yeah, and I think that um, right. opening four was done by Unison Square Garden again. Mm-hmm. The one, the same one who did the editing theme of Kekai Sensen. Yeah, I like Unison Square Garden. They did at least one, if not two, of the Yalamushi pedal ones, and I liked that opening a lot. They're they're very. Oh, they good. did, did they? Well, I gotta listen. Yeah, to that. Uh, of the like, last season of Yalamushi pedal. I think it was the last season. I think they did the first one of the last season or the last so, one of the season before that. I don't remember. Too many seasons of Yalmushi Pale and I still need more. Um, so opening yeah. two is called Sayonara Bystander. It's mm-hmm. really good. It, it basically, it just shows all the people around. Like It, it shows basically like the character introductions. And mm-hmm. I really like the scene at the end of it where it shows like Ray's family. And mm-hmm. um and like it, the scene just fades away and then it shows the Kawamoto sisters basically. Try to feel like this is Ray's new family. Mm-hmm. and it's just sweet and then opening three which basically has like the problem with hina and it shows uh ray is you could it's like the first time you can see ray has like actual progress with his like growth in like that opening mm-hmm. when he's like running and he's like running trying to like i assume he's trying to like doing his best you know mm-hmm. and then opening four i i forgot opening opening three is called a uh, raise the flag yeah uh, opening four what was opening four called uh i don't remember opening form i did binge it all in like three or four days so my memory we have the coming spring those, it is those details it is come it is called we have the coming spring and uh my favorite opening i really like two three and four so much mm-hmm. but if i had to give it up for song and visuals uh it has to be between two oh, i love them all i can't choose i can't choose I have to say two, three, and four. They're all my favorites. I, I feel can't like choose. I liked one, then probably three second. Mm. I think I liked the fourth and the second about the same. And then the, the, real quick, the fourth opening, which is sung by Unison Square Garden. Uh, it's really good. It, it shows just like, it shows like Ray all sad at first. No, is, is, is that? Oh, that's bad. It, it all kind of meshed together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. But basically, I like all the openings. They're all mm-hmm. good. I recommend listening to them if you have a chance, especially the second, third, and fourth one, not the first one. Yeah, and they're really good to not show like anything spoilery, so it's not one of those that you're going to have to worry about watching them and losing part of the story in our experience. Uh, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's just they're fun to watch. And just the general soundtrack of the anime was it wasn't like exceptional. It wasn't amazing, but when you were like when they were like talking about like a character, the like they had like the piano pieces were usually played played well into like so you would feel emotional for the characters. I personally felt that was really good in that case. I I can't remember it. I think the first the first episode had like a lyrical song. I think it was another episode that had a lyrical song, but I other than that, it's uh it's okay. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. And it does really well with what it has. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think about the soundtrack, Mr. Falcon? It was good. I don't tend to notice background music a ton in shows. Like 
I hear it. I acknowledge I'm hearing it, but I don't usually remember it in a lot of things. Um, and that's similar with this one, but I remember, I remember really liking it. I felt they did a really good job picking music to fit the mood very well. Um, but there's no like standout track I could think of off the top of my head. Okay. I guess we should move on to the next topic, which is, uh, we next, what we have next on the list is asking if we would want to play Shogi after watching the show. Oh yes. Well, I actually really do want to play Shogi after watching the show. And I think I felt the same way when I first watched it, but then mm-hmm. I, I saw, I forgot about like Shogi and I watched other stuff. So, but like now I kind of really, and I actually look on Amazon, a Shogi board's like $14 to get on Amazon. Yeah, it's not so very expensive. Like but yeah, I do want to try to learn Shogi because it actually looks like a really fun game. And I love to give my brain a challenge sometimes. Even if I felt like, even if I feel like burnt out afterwards, mm-hmm. there's just so many different pieces that I would really love to like play and there's like so many different strategies and stuff. So I would definitely say, yes, I would like to play Shogi. What about you, Falcon? I would. Um, and also right, let's play right now. I mean, do you, do you have clubhouse games? Cause it's on clubhouse games for the Nintendo switch. Is it really? Yeah. I, I thought it was. And I double checked. It is uh, in one of the 51 worldwide classic games. Shogi. But is it, is it one of those games you could play with other people? I'd have to double check and see. Um, I remember you probably <laughs> most of them. I thought you could play with each other. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to play. It seems interesting. Um, uh, formats available. Yeah, uh, single system, local, or online. So uh, yeah, so it looks like you could play maximum players too. Yeah, you can play online with people. So if you have Clubhouse cool. games, you can play Shogi with a friend who also has Clubhouse games, or you can take Amazing. turns on your one Switch. This is, not promo- this is not paid promotion from Nintendo. Don't no, worry it about it. No, paid promotion. I just have it and thought of it. Um yeah, I would like. I'd love to play. It'd be great. They did a good job of explaining the pieces and kind of the rules of shogi, but it's it's harder to tell with just the Japanese symbols on them. It's harder to remember oh, them I, as opposed to like chess. We've true. got we've got you know this piece with the little cross on top is the bishop and the castle is the rook. You know, it's easier to tell. So it would take definitely take having to really focus on learning the the symbols. I believe. I guess that's another problem with the show. Whereas if you're not into shogi, which are most people. Mm-hmm in the west who watch uh this show that maybe that's part of the reason why it didn't get translated or do well but uh uh basically you wouldn't you don't really understand what's happening during the shogi bits i had a hard time following Mm -hmm. as well but again i don't watch the show for the shogi bits the shogi bits are definitely interesting and it's cool to see the game but i watch for the emotional moments i watch for the character growth i watch for Mm -hmm. the the development and everything but uh after watching the show i do definitely want to give shogi a try you know for sure for sure, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. All right. Is this the part where we talk spoilers? So we the only thing we haven't covered is our favorite moments, our best fights, closing no thoughts, fights. and if we'd recommend. But I feel like fights and favorite moments might get spilery. So do we want to do our like Let's rating if we recommend it? Or yeah, do let's we... do our rating. Okay. Uh, do you want to rate first or would you like me to rate I first? would like to rate first, please okay. and thank you. So again, I was the one who recommended this topic. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I and I, Falcon here obviously really loved it, as in he watched the literally the first twenty two episodes in two days. If that doesn't say anything, that that should say enough. But uh, mm-hmm. I, this is probably this is going to be really biased. This is going to be really biased rating. I'm going to rate this a nine out of ten. The mm. only reason why it's not a ten out of ten is because I wish there was more. The anime was the, the no. I'm being so dead serious. I wish no, no. Was I, I understand. But uh, but yeah. I, I love the characters. All the characters are great. You love the ones you love. You you understand the and 
the reasons for the ones you hate and then maybe you'll end up coming to love or understand them later the visuals are amazing the music helps the pace so much the way that the animation is done is great it's just that I could literally gush about this anime to another person. And the best part about this is it's so casual. I could probably recommend my mom who does not like anime that much. And she would probably love this anime and understand it too. Mm-hmm. She'd probably really love Akari since she's a mother. And like understand the struggle of having to raise children all by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And I just really love the characters. I feel like anyone can relate to this show no matter what. It's just so amazing. So I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. It's a hidden gem. I recommend this for anybody because it's so casual. Just go on. If You you need to literally seriously watch this anime because it, it, it really puts out a really positive message out. And mm-hmm. maybe, hey, maybe you might change yourself if you watch the show. Mm-hmm. And if or more people watch, it. maybe we'll get a season three. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Go watch it right now. Watch it right now, right now. Right now, uh, right now. All right, I what do you think, Falcon? I'm honestly surprised you gave it the nine. I genuinely thought it was going to be a 10 for you. Uh, I just want more content. <laughs> I want more I content. Mean, That's why. I agree with that. But I'm also like, I feel like when I rate it, I rate it on what I have and not if I get more. So like, here's what I have. If I get more, great. If I don't, what do I think of what I have? Well, uh, well I, you mentioned that season one ended at like a bad point and that's why you wanted to watch more but it wasn't yeah. really like a bad point it was a more of a satisfying point but because you were it so was satisfying but it to didn't watch feel more. like climactic or grand that's um, the same way why i explained with season two like it just ends yeah. with hina finally going to high school you know mm-hmm. yeah so and i mean i liked it a I liked it a little bit better than the end of season one, but not by much because yeah, it was exactly, at least kind of like you wanted it's more. ending at the end of her like middle school life and she's about to advance onto her high school life. Um, well, but- the big thing about this is there's no like major arcs or anything. So it's really, it's really, there is major arcs like later, but they're not like big. Sometimes they'll expand to like one or two episodes at most, but and I feel like the major arcs are kind of more based on Ray and the other characters like mental states. And like you kind of have the arc to where he literally does nothing but just focus on himself. Then he kind of has the arc where he starts going. But even that's not very clear cut and defined. You could argue where they start and end. That's kind of an issue with it. Um, I definitely, I agree with most of what you said. I feel like it's the anime anybody could watch and enjoy. Um, Because it's not, it doesn't have like a ton of, there's really no fan service in it. There's not any like, crazy over-the-top actions or moves and when they have something more like that it doesn't feel that way you very much just feels like you're seeing what the characters are experiencing in their head whether it's the feel of drowning or being held back no matter what it makes sense it's not completely out there the shogi part being a more sports anime it's not like kuroko's basketball where all of a sudden you're seeing like light beams behind balls flying around or these crazy scenarios very realistic very chill but very well done i think i'm gonna give it a nine and a half because honestly i think jeez if the ending would have been a little bit better it would have been perfect i genuinely do i feel like if if the endings were just a little more conclusive had a little more oomph to them it would be the perfect show honestly if we just got that one part that's later in the manga, I would have gave it 10 out of 10, honestly. I felt yeah. like there would have been a good conclusion to Ray's character. For yeah, like otherwise, stop on. And everybody should watch this show, I think, or at least give it everybody. a shot. It doesn't mean everybody is going to like it, and definitely not as much as we do. Um, that's, you know, just it's all subjective. But I definitely feel like everybody needs to give it a shot. It's a very good anime. A at very least give it up to the first anime. five episodes. Mm-hmm. 
This one of those the first couple drag a little bit, but at, once it gets going, it gets going, and it keeps. I wouldn't going. say they drag. I felt like they did really well, but obviously, you're probably just saying that because the later episodes are better than like mm-hmm. the beginning episodes. Probably. I actually felt hooked from episode one or two because I just really liked the premise of the show, mm-hmm. and I really, I really, the sisters really made it in the beginning. That's honestly just seeing them all like nice and caring. The comedy bits are all nice, mm-hmm. but nine and a half. All right, mm-hmm. I got a nine. Falcon got a nine and a half. Yeah. That's our rating of the show. Go Very watch it right now. Recommended. Yep. And we will be talking about our favorite moments and stuff here. There probably will be spoilers because it's hard to talk about a lot of this, especially with two seasons worth without it. Um, so if you would like to hop out now, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll hopefully see you next week after you have watched March Comes on Like a Lion and then finished the rest of the podcast. It'd be great. Um, but if not, you can find us on Twitter at BirdBroPod. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Final Falconberry. Condor is a mod and usually shows up when I stream on Sunday nights. Except uh, tonight although- where I have work. Oh, yeah, you have work. You won't be there tonight. Sad days. But otherwise, he's usually here. Uh, yeah, uh, so hopefully you all enjoyed it. And now let's get into some spoilers. Wait, real quick. Before that, um, mm-hmm. do you want to mention what we're watching next week for the oh. podcast? Or do you want to do that at the end of the spoilers? Sure, we could talk about it. Uh, so I'm picking the topic for next week. Uh, and I have a reason for it. But I'll talk about that when we start the show next week. Uh, but next week we're going to be talking about at least the first season of Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, uh, which is a Becca show that I've been wanting to finish for a while and never just gotten around to it. So I was like, why not? Let's do it. All right. A Mecca. So not a big fan it. of Mecca's, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I know you're not a huge fan, but I was like, hey, you know what? Let's talk about it anyway. I'm expect. I'm excited. Even to if you rated it too, I won't hate you. You know, not, it's, <laughs> not, it's probably not that bad. <laughs> I've actually never watched a Gundam anime. So this will be my first. Uh, I'm like I said, I've never, I'm not finished it. I got about halfway through the first season. And from what I can tell, the community thinks it's one of the better Gundam shows. So, oh. so hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy it. We'll see. But anyway, and yes. with that being said, let's get into the spoiler. Right. Oh my God. So, so my boy Kiriyama, the best, the best protagonist in a casual anime. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, I felt really bad for him with his family. Uh, his adoptive family treating him yeah. the way that's like a whole complicated situation it really uh, is and nobody's really at fault still. either <laughs> it's like... yeah so give some people who are context who are listening so basically as we mentioned kiriyama's family died mm-hmm. uh his his best friend's father took him in his his, yeah, his, his father's best, his friend best friend took him in and uh the, the reason why ray went with him and it explained it not because he was not because he uh not because he wanted to, uh, not because he liked Shogi, but because he felt like he really didn't have a choice. He felt like that was the only option he had left in life to succeed. Which is really deep for a little kid like that to mm-hmm. think, considering his family just died. It's just so sad. Honestly, the scene where it shows Ray with like the body bags in the hospital scene, that part really rips my heart, just seeing that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what a little kid like that would think if they see their parents. Especially, we didn't know he had a sister for a bit. We knew he had parents. But then it's also like, oh no, he had a little sister. And then it shows that scene where like the sister died in the car crash too. And it's like, oh, oh no, I he lost everybody. But yeah, everybody. <sighs> and then and then when he gets the the adoptive household, he's literally he's so the, there's uh there's the father, there's the mother, and there's the uh which by the way I forgot to mention I really like the mother at the for the last episode. We'll, I feel we'll, bad we'll for her. More. I'll yeah. talk about that more later, but uh, and then there's uh the the, the brother and the sister uh there's Kyoko and Ayuma. And I didn't want to mention Kyoko 
in the character discussion earlier, but I felt like we were going too on with the character. Yeah, discussion. I, I was thought about bringing her up. So, but I was like, yeah, we'll talk about her later. We'll talk about her. Now. She's she's important in the first season, and uh, but not that much in the second season. She has like one episode in early second season, and she mm-hmm. really doesn't appear ever again. I think she's mentioned, but she doesn't appear. Yeah. But uh, basically, because of how Ray is so good at Shogi, his father gives them all the attention. And in like a professional shogi household player like that, it, it rips the family apart. Uh, his the sister mm-hmm. Kyoko basically hates Ray because of that, and she develops like these daddy issues because her dad uh, is giving more attention to Ray than to her. And then the little brother, who does I'm not sure if he gets focused later on the sh- the series or not, but he basically becomes a neat and locks himself in and just plays video games all the time, basically breaking up the family as a whole. And it's really a complicated yeah. situation. Yeah, I. Right. I did. I personally would not blame Ray. I would blame mm-hmm. the father, and I would blame Kyoko. You know, because the father. Should <sighs> Those be- are the two I'd probably put the most blame on. I mean, it talks about he wants his kids to be pro shogi players. So shogi, they say early on, shogi was the way in that house. Like everything involved around shogi. So uh, Kyoko was really good at shogi until Ray came in and just kept beating her down all the time. Just he was great. You felt like he had to play shogi, so that's all he focused on. Ayumu, I believe, is Ray's same age, I believe. I think so. I, uh, I think they set that up, and he realized very quickly he had no shot at beating Ray. So he just dropped Shogi because he saw how much Ray had to study and prepare to get that good, and he couldn't put in that much effort and didn't want to put in that much effort. So, yeah, it talks about he he stops playing Shogi and just tells them he's done and just starts playing, like, video games and doing more what a normal high schooler would do or, like, middle schooler at that point would do. Kyoko keeps at it, and it seems like she likes Shogi, but it says the dad, after one point of finally not ever being able to beat Ray even once, forces her to quit, essentially. He pretty much tells her, you don't have what it takes, just stop. Uh, and so it, 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 she already didn't like Ray, but that made her fully like resent Ray. Um, but yeah, pardon, then she just... Pardon my language, but it's a very fucked situation in that house. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not very good. And the dad should have... I mean, even, like, just let her know, like, hey, the rent you're going, you're never going to beat him. But, like, you don't make her, like, quit. Because it seems like she still wanted to play um, and was still enjoying it. I'm sure, she might not beat Ray, but that doesn't mean she's a terrible shogi player. It's just Ray is a prodigy. Um, but we could argue he's not even really a prodigy and just that that's all he does. So he's just He really was just good. really good at it, yeah. Um, but he still, like, took did chores around the house. And because of that, uh, Kyoko thought – that he was just being like sucking up to the parents basically yeah. she has big big daddy issues in that sense yeah the they talk about the mom would try to get the kids to do chores and they would put they would usually like most kids put up resistance not wanting to do it but ray was always willing to do it because he felt i guess more obliged since they were willing to take him in when he didn't have anybody who would so he he made it a point to help out around the house and do things which he did as more of a show of gratification uh, but the kids got to the point where since they didn't like Ray anyway, he was just a suck up trying to brown nose the parents. And so it even shows the mom like asking, I think, Ayumu to like clean the curtains or the bathroom or something. He's like, I don't want to get Ray to do it. He does it better anyway. And so like they keep not wanting to do things, just telling her to get Ray to do it. And she even admits she shouldn't have given in, but she gave in and just essentially took Ray for granted that Ray was would do whatever they asked him to do. So they just kept asking Ray to do stuff. And let the kids just kind of do whatever else they wanted to do, um, which they she acknowledged wasn't the right thing to do. And I felt bad for her because she was genuinely trying to keep them all together, like as a family, to keep everybody activated. And she just 
was fighting a losing battle and essentially just kind of lost hope and gave up. Uh, well, yeah, real quick, because, heard. yeah, you're right. And because they had the extra chapter, which was the last mm. episode of the season two, yeah. which, by the way, it says extra chapter, but it, it it's canon. Some people say it's not canon, but it just in the in the context of the order of the series it doesn't appear next after with uh with you know starting high, mm-hmm. middle high school it, it appears a little later because oh, I, okay. I i looked up in the manga i think it's like chapter 100 or 90 98 99 it's basically called the other home just like the, the title of the episode but it's i think it's really cool and this is how you know this is a really good series one you yeah. give the perspective of the mom in that situation which you really the you really it doesn't really add anything to no. it if you think about it but it's really nice to see another perspective and it's just really sweet because you have the mom who who uh she, she's like confused she doesn't know how she should feel because ray is generally a, just a good kid and, yeah, she even uh, acknowledges he's a great kid. Like that's all it is. He's just a good kid. And there's just this time where Ray Ray just comes to have a uh, just like I think dinner or something with her on one day, and I don't know if they talk much, but they just have it. And uh, yeah, he I went to like eat lunch or dinner or something with her. Uh, he just showed up out of the blue, like he called asking if she was there. He wanted to bring her over something. And like she's he brought her, I think really like flowers and lunch or something. Yeah. yeah, she brought sweets from the Kawamoto sweet shop. Oh, that's yeah. He brought sweets and uh, yeah. Uh, I think it was just in the afternoon and she even said, I'm glad I was the only one here. Yeah. I think she said we sat there and didn't really say much. We just sat there and like ate, you know, whatever, sat there and enjoyed the company. But she's like, if anybody else was home, it would have turned back to like it was with a bunch of tension and that really terrible vibe. And like she acknowledged the fact that she doesn't know how to talk with them anymore because she let the situation get so out of hand. And she doesn't know how to make up for it or really what to do, but she still deeply cares for him and still considers him part of their family. And she understands why he left. Like it even shows when he left, he left when she was the only one at the house. And I think when he left and he just say, maybe I'll see you again, or maybe I'll come by again or something like that. And just like left. But I felt, I felt really bad for her. She had a bad situation and she didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Like she probably other than ray she probably had the worst of the situation mm-hmm. in that household yeah and you wouldn't really think about it unless until the anime like focused on it at one point which is really sweet and, and later in the night she has a dream where ray's like her child and ray starts like talking back to her and she's it says she was upset but she was also relieved yeah it was that was the ideal family she wished they had when he was there that he fit in felt at home and was just one of the kids you know like he wasn't this guy who only focused on Shogi, she would talk back to her, give her lip like the other, like he felt more involved and comfortable there, I guess, really. And, and, and in that moment, cause that, that, that could be a moment in any anime where it could go either one way or another mm-hmm. way. She could have been like, Oh, I hate him for that. Or I, I still care about him. And it, it went for the lighter option, cared about which, him. Is, which was the lighter option. It was great. But basically that's the uh, Ray's adoptive family house. I will say in a nutshell. That was the this was the part of the finale of season two I liked the best because I felt it put a cap on the fact that he was willing to forgive the other family and it was starting to get over the sort of trauma that he had from the house. And I felt that was just a nice moment if he still went to visit because throughout the whole time, Kyoko especially, why don't you come visit us on the holidays? We are technically your family. You know, like you don't think we're not worried. Like she gets in his head and that's why she's kind of bad for him. But I like the fact it was kind of putting the cap. He went to visit, even though it was only when the mom was in the house, he went back and he was comfortable enough and had grown enough to where that wasn't messing with him and didn't make him spiral out, which I thought was a nice character moment. 
of part of the finale. But yeah, we can talk about something else now if we need to. Um, I, I a little bit of a spoiler moment, but uh, Kyoko gets her own heel turn later in in the, uh, manga as well. So okay. no, it's actually really sweet. I actually read it real quick before okay. the, the, the before the thing. I mean, I could tell you if you want to know, or you could just read it on your own. I'll try to I'll try to find time to read it. Okay, I can send you a link later for the uh for the for I found it. Okay. but anyway, I won't mention it. Um, now let's talk about the next major arc, really. Uh, the bullying arc. Mm. Mm. Yes. I I feel like this anime really portrayed bullying in a real good sense. I have no idea how it happened, but basically there's this girl, I think her name's Takagi or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she starts bullying Chio, which is Hina's f- friend. And it gets really bad to a point where basically Hina, I'm not Hina, I'm sorry. Chio has to actually transfer out and she has to like, actually like, uh, she doesn't even go to school where she leaves. She goes she to moves. rehab. She has to go to rehab because of how bad it is. And mm-hmm. I mean, some people might think that's overreacting to like a situation, but in a, in a fact, it, some people will view it as overreacting that's a sad fact yeah. but just other people it could be a very serious moment she doesn't even know how to like talk to to other other people anymore her age she just gets so scarred and traumatized and it's just really sad so anyway there's a scene or afterwards where uh um uh chio moves out uh they're, they're in gym and uh the, the gym teacher's like where's chio and uh, the bully girl was like uh Oh, I think she left. Well, I don't know why she left. I have no idea. And literally, Hina gets so angry. She literally jumps and tackles her to the ground and starts like, I, I guess uh, she's like, That was such a great, I was so I happy. Uh, God, uh, that was the whole deal was Chio was a childhood friend of Hina. And they hadn't been like super close like lately, but their new school, like when they did classes, they were all grouped together in groups by, I think she said name. Uh, and there is the group with the bully all became like the bully group because the bully was scary that even if they said anything about it, they would be the next one's bullied. So it, it did a really accurate representation of there's the one person who's just the dumb, like the jerk kid who's the bully. And they were so bad that they made it known if you tried to stick up, you know, they would then bully you next. So it created this really bad air and Hina finally just got fed up with it and started hanging out with Chio and being her friend again and just everything like that. But then because of that, when Chio leaves, Hina's the next target because she's the one who was still there for Chio. And you have this whole battle of them fighting with the school, which as someone who has a lot of friends who work in schools and a lot of knows a lot of teachers is a very accurate, accurate representation of how bullies handled bullying is handled in schools and either makes it worse or just doesn't do anything. I, I um, feel like the scene with Mr. Hayashida when uh, Ray was asking like him advice on how to handle the mm-hmm. situation, he's like, he Googled it and he's like, oh, there's all these results, but no matter how many results there are, people handle bullying differently. Yeah. It could have into different results, different situations, different problems and stuff. And there's really no like actual one cure. It's just all situational and you just got to go by the nose, you know? The other yeah. way, that teacher that became the, the head teacher in, in Hina's middle school. He was terrific. Really he was so good. We should have, we didn't mention him. Uh, he was so good. He literally handled that situation too good. And there's also the scene like at the end where he stops like uh he's like talking with the bully. He's not their girl, teacher then, anymore. Uh, we're skipping a little bit ahead. Yeah. I want to go. I'll go back later. But we're skipping a little bit ahead where uh he's like talking to the bully girl because he actually takes the reins on the situation. He's just like, yeah, we're, we're dealing with this problem. We know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with it right now. And like there's a situation where the girl uh he she she blames society basically. That's why she started bullying people. And uh. 
I forget his name. I actually don't know the teacher's name, but um, he literally, he's like, he leaves. He's like leaving. He's like, well, um, I, I won't be your teacher anymore, but you just got to remember, you can't keep putting the blame on other people or else you won't be able to be the best person who you are. And in that moment, you realize that was her last chance of any help coming her way. And it just left and walked out. Yeah. Because even really you find shows. out the new homeroom teacher's like, well, I don't have to keep doing these meetings with her. You're like, he's terrified of it. He doesn't know what to do or how to handle it. He finally is just like, look, we have to get her to realize it somehow or she's never going to change and it'll just keep happening. Like, he's kind of like, we have to nip it in the bud now while we can or else we failed on our end essentially. But gosh, yeah, that whole thing. I love too when he had the, he was having the parent teacher conferences and Akari's going with Hina and uh, the nurse's office. Yeah. Well, not even to the nurse's office before that they Takagi and her mom are walking out and Takagi's mom just makes the comment of, well, you know, entrance exams are coming up and during this time we want, essentially to deal with the least amount of problems as possible or you know essentially blaming Hina for being the bully and Akari not really knowing how to handle it and just says well I don't know if you've had any conversations with your daughter but that's not what's happening here and the mom just you know obviously like oh my daughter told me it wasn't her so clearly she's uh, the typical parent taking the side of their kid which isn't a bad thing you need to support your kids within boundaries but I always uh, get the full story yeah, yeah, and uh, so then that's, I love the fact when Akari doesn't know how to handle the situation, ends up needing to go into the nurse's office to rest up because she's just kind of, she's she needs to rest or whatever. I love the moment when the head teacher just pulls in the mom and Takagi and she's complaining and they need to just get rid of Hina or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I think she even made some comment about Chio leaving, which is because Chio was weak or like in, at fault or like knew she a complete wrong read of it. I just love the fact that uh, she kept asking Akari where the proof was that her daughter was the bully. And all when she was making the comment about Hina pulling and the head teacher's like, okay, where's your proof that she's the bully? You've heard from your daughter that Hina's the bully. You know, the other party says your daughter's the bully. And he's like, the other daughters or the other parties complain to teachers about it. And he said, here's how bullying works. And I like how he explains it. This person starts it. Everyone else is too scared to stick up for it because then they'll be the next target. And he's like, so what reason would she have to come talk to us and report about it, report it and to tell us that it's happening if she's not like telling the truth? Like that's the only <laughs> way that her situation could possibly, I like how he just flat out said like, I know your daughter's the bully because she's only told you that she's not doing it. Other people have told us she is the one doing it. And then he's like, where's your proof? Yeah, he's like, where's your proof? And just the look on her face is just like, that goes both ways. Where's your proof your daughter isn't the bully? Be like, I, I loved that moment of just her finally being like, no, nah, like your daughter's the bully. We all know it. <laughs> like, own yeah. up to it. But I, I loved that moment so much. I was just like, you tell her, get her. <laughs> I was like, get her. It's <laughs> like, ah. I even love that Mr. Hayashida was just so mad that the other teacher wasn't doing anything about it. Yeah, I mentioned oh, that. But I mentioned that earlier, like, but I love that. Like, what teacher? Let's go now. <laughs> Let's go right now and freaking talk to her about the bullying. That's not what a teacher should be it doing. It's like the middle of the school day, too. It's like, you can't you have other classes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
going back a little, um, the scene where uh, where you find first find out that Hina's being bullied, and then it flashbacks mm-hmm. to like everything that happened, and then Hina's running away, and then Ray chases after her, and uh, there's a scene where she's like crying against the the plate, the thing, mm-hmm. right? She's crying like these big tears, like so much, but she's like, I don't regret my actions at all, no, no. matter what. What I did was not wrong. And honestly, that that was probably the moment where Hina became my favorite character because she acknowledged that she stood up for her friend, even though mm-hmm. she's suffering because of it. She just she would keep doing it more and more just to protect the people she cares about. And yeah. honestly, just just seeing that moment with her crying and upset, but like determined to see everything through to the end, that's what really made it for me for her to be the favorite my favorite character. I even honestly. love how how they show Akari handling it. She wants to tell Hina that she should have just shut up and said nothing because then Hina wouldn't be going through all this pain and suffering. But then she also acknowledges that Hina did the right thing. And by doing so, how brave she is. And can she really suggest that to her? Because like, it, I like how she has that internal like motherly struggle of like, how do I handle this? Because I don't want her to go through this pain, but... The like grandpa comes in. The grandfather finally says, I told you. You did the same a good thing. job. Yeah. You did yeah. a good job. I am proud of you, my granddaughter. And I'm just like, you go, grandpa. That's right. That's well, he right. Then, like, because yeah, he says that when Hina's there about, you did the right thing. I'm proud you're my granddaughter. And like, just keeps like building her up. So she gets like, you did the right thing. I'm sorry it sucks, but that just happens sometimes. But then he even has that talk with Akari later about, I thought the same thing. I want to tell her just to run away. He's like, but that's not who she is. That's not who we're wanting her to be. Like, yes, this thing about, so I'm just going to support her as best as I can and we'll deal with it as it happens. Like, we'll see how it goes. But even the fact that Hina just says, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to run away from it. Like, no matter how bad it gets, I can take it. Like, I like that moment too, where she's like, I don't care how bad I get bullied. If I have to be the one kid who gets bullied, so be it. Like, I'll deal with it. But, uh. My, can we talk about my favorite Ray moment? It was where after yes. he won the newcomer tournament, the mm-hmm. first thing he did was literally rush all the way to where Hina's uh, field trip was and uh, literally like find her along the river and actually just spend the day with her and make mm-hmm. it worth it. Oh my God. A lot of people might view that as stalkerish, but I think that was not no, stalkerish at all. I, I don't think view that it as stalkerish the, at all. That was the sweetest moment in probably the anime that I've seen. Probably yeah, he, one of the sweeter moments. Because she had been complaining right before the, they were going on a school trip to Kyoto. Yeah, Kyoto. She, she's the bullied one. She doesn't have any friends because no one wants to be her friend or else they'll get bullied. So he knew she'd be alone and she kept complaining about stomach issues, but said she still wanted to go because she felt if she didn't go, she'd regret it. So she went and he gets done with his title match and he ends up finding out that some of the other Shogi players there have like this really good stomach medicine they got from Shimada. So Ray takes it. And it's like, I think I can still get there during her free time because he just remembered what her itinerary was. So he he takes the train. Yeah, he takes the train, goes straight to Kyoto from, I think, Osaka. Goes to like the shopping area where they are. Then he puts together, wait, why would the bullied kid who has no friends be in the area where all the kids are? And then he's like thinking every time she's sad, she goes to the river. So then he just finds the river. It was a great moment. And he even makes some comment about later on to Hina. What do he say about Hina like saving him or not understanding why she put up with him so much. And she makes the comment that he saved her. Like he was always there for her when she needed him. Yeah. Uh, and I she references that, that scene. Like Kyoto's like, you came to Kyoto just because you knew I would be down. Like it was, uh, 
Right? Sure. You felt like you really because because like, if you think about it, the situation, kind of resolved itself without Ray's help that much. So Ray, but really he was, oh yeah, he, he was. Didn't, you, he didn't really yeah. think that he helped out much. Mm-hmm. He felt like, but he was like because he was determined to do it. But he was like, are you? She didn't say this. But she's like, are you dumb? Are you yeah. stupid? It's just he like was, he was her he emotional listened, support. He literally listened to her when she was down. She did mm-hmm. that thing when she he visited her in Kyoto. And uh, basically that whole bullying arc is probably my favorite arc in the whole movie and the whole mm-hmm. movie, in the whole series, I should say. It, the whole they did that's it. Why I really like it. It was so well done. Like, I think that's what I liked about it was like everything else. It was extremely well done. It was, it was realistic. Real. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like they should make middle schoolers watch it. Like just, Hey, watch this arc of the show one day. Because uh, if you cut out the shogi parts and just kept like the bullying parts in, it wouldn't be that long. Um, a couple hours, like movie length, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just be like, hey, this is what bullying actually does. Like, this is what some people actually have to do. Like, I feel like either that or at least how the teacher, like, show make the teachers watch it to see how the teachers handle it. Because um, I feel like it's definitely it's something that's needed and it's never going away. You can never say it's going away for, for good because it never will. Bullying will always but be a I feel like your age. P- people who watch the show and see it will have a better, will genuinely learn how to handle it better. Um, not that it's like a foolproof way of handling bullying. There's no foolproof way. And they even talk about that. Like, there's no right way to handle it. You just kind of have to adapt and hope you handle it the right way. Um, but yeah, I think it would do a lot of good. I will agree with that. My favorite shogi match would probably have to be uh, Yana versus Shimada near the end for their tournament. Mm -hmm. I really liked it because I really like, I explained why I like Yana so much earlier because he's basically carrying the burden and the hope Mm -hmm. of everybody who's, who is, who is like couldn't like keep up the the struggle of shogi. That's the reason why. Honestly, I uh, going into the fight, I'm sure uh, a lot of a lot of people will relate to this. Uh, you, everyone wants uh, Shimada to win because he wants to come home. He wants to get that tournament for all the people he cares about. And but then, then uh, you find out like Yana's story and like everything and like all his mm-hmm. internal struggles and everything. But he just keeps on fighting and he wins and he becomes the eternal person. I forget his the title. But it's just funny because like yeah. Shimada has like uh, people supporting him who come there and then they they're happy the other guy won. Shimada's like, "What? Yeah. I thought you were cheering for me." He's like, "No, Yana's a legend for us. He's so old and everything. We love him." Yeah, they were you? they were from Yana's generation. So while they were friends with Shimada and supported Shimada, they were also players who had left during the time that Yana had been playing. So like him winning the like eternal title was like just justification for like their age group. But yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was that my favorite shogi match. What was your favorite shogi match? If you had to choose one. Um, I'd say it's probably a tie between the Ray Shimada match where he just gets beaten down or the match between Ray and the Rookie King. I like both of those for kind I, of I similar like that reasons. One with the, with the, with the, uh, with the Nikaido angle with how Nikaido yeah. helped him like come to his senses before he made a mistake. And then the Ray Shimada is the first time that Ray realizes he is completely outclassed and just how he doesn't know how to handle that situation. Like he has the, they have the whole visual of like him feeling like he's drowning. He doesn't know what's going on or what Shimada is doing. He can't figure it out. He can't understand him. He doesn't even look up to Shimada or realize no. like, like when, when the he, anime he presents it, he, just, he, he doesn't even look at Shimada's face. It's kind no. of just like this. With just like yeah, you literally just see like mouth. his nose and below. And then later on, he finally like has to look at him 
And I, when he does, Shimada says it took you long enough. Like he was no, no, it was more of the fact where Ray, where Ray made a mistake, and then mm-hmm. uh, when he made a mistake, he started to become more aware, and that's when mm-hmm. he, that's when Shimada's like, "Oh, so you finally noticed, huh?" Yeah, that's that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, yeah, like I liked it so much because he completely just overlooked Shimada, as we said a little earlier, because none of Shimada's games looked like noteworthy. He didn't look like he had any special strategies, but he also wasn't thinking about the fact of I'm in Class C, he's in Class A. So clearly, he's very good. Only great players are in Class A. It's just, oh, Shimada, yeah, it doesn't look like he's anything special. Let me focus on Goto instead. And then because of that, he didn't study Shimada. He didn't take Shimada seriously. And because of that, he just got wrecked. Got hard wrecked. Uh, But I like that, too, just for what it kind of made Ray realize. And he could argue there's the Nikaido angle with that because Nikaido asked Shimada to just bulldoze him. It's like Shimada just crush him. So basically, Nikaido's your favorite character. Got it. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Yep, yep, yep. No, but I mean, like, that's just a nice angle, too. But, like, I feel like regardless, Shimada was going to win that whether Nikaido was there or not. I feel like he just played harder, which made it even more effective because Nikaido asked him to. But otherwise, yeah. Um, those are probably my two favorite Shogi matches. Otherwise, what are some other favorite moments you had? I really, I mean, the, mm, I, okay. Then it was in the beginning. It mm-hmm. was when Kyoko first appeared and started, like, talking to uh ray about like his matches it was about the old man at the beginning mm-hmm. who uh basically is like oh he's gonna retire uh mm-hmm. if he doesn't if he loses and stuff how could you do something like that to him he's been playing for so long and yokyoko being that that uh person that, that kind mm-hmm. of mean person to ray but ray wins against the old man and then he like takes the old man out to uh i forget his name so i apologize yeah they go drinking uh, or like for they barbecue go drinking, or whatever like, multiple spots and you find out that no matter what, he, he told his wife and daughter he would quit if he lost, but he doesn't want to quit playing Shogi. He wants to keep going, and he wants to because he likes it. So he's like, you got to come also, with you'd have to change diapers and do housework. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of a, a stupid reason, but you know. Yeah. And then there was also the scene, it was like the episode after, where he fought the guy where who was had problems with his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like and he had the Christmas present, but he like because he, he lost to Ray. Uh, he, 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 apparently he gets like super angry when he loses or something. So he has like problems at the house for that. And he, he doesn't bring the, he has a crazy, he, he comes to the match with a Christmas present for his daughter. Yeah. Uh, for his daughter. But when he loses to Ray, he doesn't bring it. So Ray literally, uh, like he, he runs after him and gives it to him. And this guy like literally looks at him angry, swipes it from him and walks away. Ray gets so angry. He walks away, starts running. And then he starts screaming. He's like, you got to take this more seriously. Shogi is everything I have. You wouldn't understand. I don't want to fight people who are weak willed. Yeah. He, go he with the angle with like, that where Ray's it. like more self-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene because it showed like more character and like how we thought about. Well, yeah. Ray's Cause didn't the, didn't the guy he beat too like essentially throw all of his losses on the fact that, other people just essentially weren't letting him win. Like I was thinking he hit made some comment, whether it was in a flashback or whether it was to race face to where he pretty much, he won't take it for the fact that he doesn't take it that seriously and doesn't study and train like everybody else, but it's I never his it, fault that he lost really essentially. Um, I guess yeah, if there was that, a character I didn't like, it would be that guy because that, he kind of didn't really. Well, he was uh, made it, to be unlikable. Yeah. Like he was, he wasn't supposed to be liked. Yeah. Cause it talks about like, his wife got tired of how angry he gets after he loses and he loses all the time. So he like, he gets drunk. Yeah. (laughs) That's not him. You should. Yeah. He was like blaming all of his problems on the fact that everyone would beat him at Shogi and like was better than him. And instead of like taking that as, okay, I need to like buckle down and focus or I need to find something else. Yeah. So he was getting divorced and you find out Kyoko tells us that 
the daughter wanted to stay with the dad until Christmas. And then after Christmas, she would go with the mom. Um, so like he has the present for his daughter and then Ray beats him. And he almost doesn't even take the gift home to the daughter. But yeah, like Ray finally just like snaps and has a breakdown and just starts like screaming at everything, but which was really nice. But I did read online that some people felt that moment came too late into the show. They felt he should have had a breakdown like a lot earlier. That was but, like episode eight, though. That was so fair. Yeah, early. I was like, I felt it was early enough. Like, I didn't think it was that bad, but it's like chapter 20 it. or something. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, it was a nice we, moment. We, we, the, the anime has shown that Ray has been like kind of he keeps his feelings to himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. really show them. So that's like the one moment where he has a breakdown. I feel like that was perfect. Honestly, I don't mm-hmm. know why people think that was early. Yeah, I don't know. But that's what I just read. Some people say they thought it was too late. Any other favorite moments, Falcon? Uh, let's try to think of one of the more nicer moments. Um, let's see. What was? <sighs> oh, forgot to mention this, but during the bullying arc, uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically another thing that Reigns does for Hina is he lets Takahashi know that Hina is being bullied. Oh so yeah. Takahashi goes to like play baseball with Hina during her lunch breaks. But there's he's a, a very where- popular guy at the school, so it's like, oh hey, she really likes you. You're popular. Can you maybe like check up on her? So it's like, let's play catch at lunch and. That's and there's a scene where uh, the bullies actually go one time because I guess he noticed he recognizes one of them and they go right. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna pitch my ball." Right? He's like super hard at the fence. I'm just he like, "You it. going to Akashi? Yeah, kick their asses." I think he realized they were the bullies because oh, definitely. When when he walked in, I think the second time, it's like you know, let's play lunch or let's get, play catch, and I don't know if she tries. To, I think she's like, oh, "I don't." I don't know if she she tries to like turn him down for the day because I think she calls the day after they got the B word and Takashi hears it. That's why yeah. knows. Yeah. Uh because like the after the first time they did it, Hina walks into class the next day and they wrote on there uh Kawamoto is I think uh, essentially calling her like a slut or something. Yeah. Um, and I love how the teacher walks in and sees it and it's just like what is this? Who wrote this? I'm like, Kalamoto, what's the meaning of this? She's like, I don't know. It was on the board when I showed up. You're like, why would she write that about herself on the board? But the teacher doesn't want to deal with the bullying problem. Mm-hmm. And even, I guess even that was kind of a nice moment. You see why that teacher doesn't deal with it because she's tried for years and never gets anything to work out. And it just like stresses her out too bad, but it was, uh, it still wasn't like excusable, but understandable. But, uh, as far as other favorite moments, uh, I liked, uh, the moment when you uh, Ray wins Rookie King and you see that Takahashi's dad and grandfather are all excited that their teacher is now the Rookie <laughs> King and they're going to brag to everybody they know about it. And he's so great and so cool. I like that one a lot. Anytime like Momo had like a little one-liner to throw in was always just a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, just, be- just because it was. Uh, <laughs> even like the... I also really like the scene. There was a scene where Momo calls Ray his her big brother and that was sweet and wholesome. Yeah, I also I love, I love when uh, Kyoko and Ray are having a conversation. It's definitely very tense. I don't remember what their conversation at that point was about, but uh, Hina and Momo and Akari were walking to give Ray, I think, like some food they made. They made extra, so they were going to go deliver it to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can tell they're fighting. And Momo just calls Akari uh, uh, calls her a witch. It's like, is she a witch? She's so mean. It's like she keeps calling Kyoko witch the whole time. Is that the witch lady? <laughs> I liked that a lot. It's like, she's a witch. She's scary. It's like, oh, but that was fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of those. There's some others that at the time I really liked, and now I'm thinking of what they were. 
Um, I, I understand. We watched 44 yeah, episodes. I watched it all in like four days. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, understandable. But there was a lot of great moments. Uh, I even like the moment where you find out that one uh, Shogi player invites rivals to go camping with them so they'll get oh, sick yeah. and he takes care of them and they like become his he fan takes, he takes isa he takes, yeah, takes isa because and it's like he's like he can't lose he's so great yeah it's like see it worked on isa and it's like the only person that's not worked at was shimada because he invited shimada to take shimada so shimada would go easy on him and shimada's like yeah i hate camping it kind of sucks later <laughs> i've i've mounted climb all my life when i was young sorry about that yeah he was just like i'm good but uh <laughs> And then he lost to Shimada because of it. But yeah, he would do that as like a strategy to win. But yeah, I like I liked that that moment a lot. Because then is like, Shimada, no. It's like, Shimada's your friend. Well, but so-and-so lost. Like, see, that's what happens to him. Uh, Basically, the show is yeah. all like little nice moments like that. I'm yeah. sure if you were to watch it, you would find... You there's would have there's a ton of really own. great little moments that aren't super memorable, but that are terrific when you watch it. Um, and they'll have you smiling when you're watching it, no matter what, even if you mm-hmm. forget about it. Yeah. And maybe it'd be good to forget about it because if you're going to rewatch it, you'll be able to experience them right? again. Yeah, exactly. No, it's always so good. Um, I'm trying to think. There's one other, and I can't think of what it was that I was really hoping I'd remember. But I, I just can't think of it, so I guess I won't. Um, otherwise, unless there's any other moments you can think of, I guess that's about it. I would like to talk about one thing, and it's what's okay. to come in the series. A little bit of a spoiler, and I won't talk much about it. But if you are, if you have watched the anime. Or if you are thinking of watching the anime and you like what you see and you want to continue with the manga, which you can find online, mm-hmm. some here's some inspiration that'll keep you going. There is an arc where the Kawamoto's father comes back. Ooh. And that arc is very interesting. I, I, I didn't like read read it. I skimmed through it and I really liked it. I like what Ray does. I like what everyone does in that arc. So, and this is exactly why I want to see them three because I want to see that. I want to see it because... He, the dad their dad is probably the only character that i just flat out dislike in the show oh and you're gonna hate him when you read about everything oh my god like i'm not i'm not gonna talk much about because i know you're interested yeah, in it so but, but uh, you yeah, gotta I mean, like, read it for that it's chapter 111 it's called the visitor okay i mean just like the fact that like he literally just abandons the family like I've always had a really good family. So like, I just, especially with how nice the Kawamoto's are, right? Like how do yeah, you do that? I just like instantly lose respect for somebody like, Oh yeah, I just left. It's like, why? Like, I don't understand how you can even consider that. So like, that's just a very personal thing that I'm like, how can you even do that? Like, I can't imagine it. I'd have no respect for that. But yeah. Especially because if he did it before the mom died, it's still a like jerk thing to do. But if he does it while the mom's sick and dies, that's even more of a jerk thing to do. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we should just end it there. Yeah. I think we've been going for two hours. <laughs> we had a feeling we would. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we gave a notice of the long one. We'll see when we're actually. Well, we watched two seasons of anime, so that yeah. makes sense. And especially one like this that has a lot of like really key, really important moments. It'll just happen sometimes. Um, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is Condor signing off. Uh, Falcon, what again? Why don't you tell the lovely audience what we'll be watching next right. time? So, we're gonna at least watch the first season of Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, uh, mecha show about like a wartime kind of deal. Really cool, really interesting. I like it. Whether Condor will or not, we'll see. That's what the, the show is about. We're gonna discuss. I'm that. keeping an open mind. I'm not gonna hate it because it's mecha. I, I'm not right. a big fan of mecha, but I'm, not, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm very excited to experience it. All right, but as always, you can catch us at Bird Bro Pod on Twitter. We're trying to be a little more active there. 
uh, in the future. So keep up to date with that when the episode does get posted and for more fun anime content. Uh, if you want to see me more, you can go to twitch.tv slash Final Falconberry, where I stream every Sunday and occasionally during the week uh, for like important games or if I just want to do one. Uh, otherwise, anything you need to plug or want to talk about before we finally sign off, Condor? I'm hungry. You're hungry. I'm hungry too. Uh, so uh, the Bird Brothers are going to grab some grub. Uh, hopefully we will see you next week for our talk on Gundam. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs>